Okay, so episode 21. Fire in the hole. Fire in the hole, motherfucker. We're 21 episodes deep. <laughs> That's right. So really, deep. So deep. <laughs> um, just, uh, j- this was a really interesting show, I think. Um, I don't think we've had one quite like this one. No, it was, it was great. Um, kind of accidentally a two-parter? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Baby-related. Baby yes. needed to go home halfway. Yes, there was actually a baby in the studio. <laughs> there was a baby in the studio. First baby of Fire in the Hall. The first baby of Fire in the Hall, which <laughs> needs to be, uh, we need to have that plaque minted. That's right. Um, so we had uh, a great couple couple of guests this time around. We had Adam and Sonia, who are Sonia, who is uh, uh, goes way back with you, right? Yeah, way yeah, we're old friends. Old, old friends. Yeah, we've been friends for almost twenty years. Like wow. To say. Yeah, something like that. And again, a wonderful, wonderful person. One of my favorite human beings, Adam too. Like I've, I haven't known him for as long, but salt of the earth. He's just uh, not a mean bone in his body. Yeah, and I mean, I love that guy. Just based on their personalities alone, I, I think uh, it was a good call to have them on the show. But I mean, we, we oh, yeah. covered all these amazing topics with them, right? Yeah, they have a really, really interesting background. Sonia did. Uh, she studied in. in correction something yeah she, she basically was a correctional officer yeah yeah she was a prison guard and she's worked with uh ju- in juvenile detention and also works as a flight attendant and just when we thought that that would be you know uh enough on its own like, it absolutely would have been more than enough right. for a full episode <laughs> on the second half we had this incredible incredible journey with adam yeah it's it's crazy what he's what he's gone through first of all he's He's this really incredibly talented musician. Yep. Like an uh, amazing guitar player. Uh, he plays with uh, Janko Brothers. Um, check them out. We'll, we'll post them in the, in the links. Uh, but he's gone through this concussion story yep. over the last year and a bit. Yeah, it's, it's the most epic and fascinating um, look inside of an actual full-blown concussion. People don't know what what concussions are. People don't know how serious that can be, like how majorly your eggs can get scrambled. Yeah. yeah. And this guy is, I mean, he's, he's, it's amazing how he was able to share such a personal story yeah. with us. Fire in the hole. Who'd win in a wrestling match, Lemmy or God? Lemmy. Ah, God. Wrong, dickhead. Trick question. Lemmy is God. <laughs> Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Yeah, this is it. This is it. We hit the big time. Yes, and this is gonna have to be a little PG uh, thirteen. PG G. Sure. G general. Yeah. Fourteen. Well, there's a baby here. There's a baby here. Whoa! There's a baby. <laughs> is, this the, is this your first baby on the show? Yeah. This is. Why would we have babies on the show? <laughs> <laughs> well, why wouldn't you have babies on the show? I like that. You <laughs> just threw it right back at me. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> Episode twenty-one. We figure we can swear all kinds until. So we do, in fact, yes. Enjoy, enjoy the 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 swearing while it lasts, because uh, there'll be that day when they just you know, shoot it right back at you. You're like, okay, <laughs> what what time I guess does that start it. at for you? It's different from all kids. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Um, my first one talked pretty early, oh. so like two. 
two and a half. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and like Swearing he does it. He, he's a half. bit of a monkey. He imitates really well, like perfectly, okay. right? Uh, so he he dropped he dropped that f bomb like <laughs> like a pro. <laughs> he's in the bath. He's like, ah! <laughs> he, he like he wrote it too. Where, <laughs> with the echo in the bathroom, <laughs> you know, like that scream we just heard. Yeah, no, it was it was intense. Uh, and but there's a bunch of these moments uh, in in life. But anyway, hey, episode twenty one. Episode twenty one. Yeah. This 21. is Jason and Richard. Richard, uh, why don't you introduce our guest today? We've got Sonia and Adam. Hi. Hey. Welcome, Welcome guys. <laughs> Thanks and Lena. Lena. That's right. Lena. A new human. Lena. 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 Sorry. So new. We don't know her name. Sorry. <laughs> Lena. Lena. People are going to be making this mistake her whole life, okay? It's true. <laughs> it already has been her whole Lena. life. Lena. Lena. Are you sweating? Lena. You're sweating. A little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Welcome, Lena. Yeah. <laughs> Jason. Jason's got it. I knew it was Lena the I, whole time. Because I had first crack at it. <laughs> okay, let's start the episode over, guys. Right. <laughs> no, this is staying in. Uh-oh, right. Lena's <laughs> left. She upset her so much, she's walked out. She's driving home. But this is actually uh, really cool. We've had our first lady on the show recently. Yeah. And now we have our first baby. That's I don't right. think a lot of podcasts can actually... Uh, claim to have had babies on the show i've never heard a baby on a podcast except for the baby podcast that that one yes yeah, but, but we don't understand that one no yet. no uh, i hear it's doing well though they can never get it online they don't know how to do that part. <laughs> it's they can't hold anything yet yeah. <laughs> that table is so high <laughs> they're very bad at mic placement too <laughs> so uh uh what are these people doing here richard <laughs> i have no idea they just walked in off the street <laughs> but, you know nice. We needed to change the baby. We knocked on the door and you let us in. That's right. Yeah. yeah. We have one of those stickers way. where one of those places where you can change your baby. Fire in a hole. What was that? The block parents? The Remember what? those? Like the, the block blocks parents? parents where it was like the safe haven for kids to go. They had this little sign in the window. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a thing of a past. Yeah. yeah. They don't do that anymore. Yeah, that's creepy no. now. No, that would, <laughs> that would go all sorts, of, all sorts of wrong ways. Yeah. 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 This is a safe place. <laughs> Come here. Yeah. I bought this sticker at Canadian Tire that says that this is a safe place. It right. must be safe. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that astonish you though? Because the, there, w- it was. Uh, I mean, you know, there's always hindsight about the old days, the good old days. That we used to lock our doors and all this other stuff. Yeah. But there was a bit of an honor system once upon a time yeah. with that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't that people didn't steal from each other. It was just they were sort of like, no, I don't want to lock my door. Like everybody yeah. kind of agreed that that would suck. To have to lock yourself in. Yeah. And worry about all this and be scared of everything. So they just sort of like, oh, when I do my criminal stuff, I'm just going to do it over there. Yeah. And then keep it out of the neighborhoods, that sort yeah. of thing. But then one day someone, someone just ruined it for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Why do I have to go over there when I can just do it right here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This has essentially happened to everything in our society. <laughs> yeah. Right? True. Yeah. Like if uh, was I talking to somebody at one point, I was like, you know, at this particular point in time in our society, I think if they invented uh, something to just let us go, uh, you know, number one, number two, we could just pee in our pants. You know, other than diapers, because they oh. exist. <laughs> I was, I was going to say that. But right. if we could find a socially acceptable way, a cool way for adults to wear diapers, <laughs> I think we would be all doing it. Some of us would be doing it. A lot of people do it in concerts, eh? Like those outdoor concerts? Shows. Really? Right on, yeah. Diapers. All the time. No well, way. I had a... Yeah? Really? Yeah. yeah? I had a friend of mine, we were going to go see the Bruce Springsteen concert, and they had uh, they had floor seats. I didn't. And of course, the floor seats aren't numbered, right? So it's yeah. first come, first serve. And he was like trying to train himself to wear a diaper 
<laughs> for the show so that he would never have to big beer drinker so he's like i'll never have to leave my spot i'll go there early and i'll never have to <laughs> and i think i'm trying to remember the story went exactly i think he did like full out wear the depends diapers to the show wow. and then when he got there and it was time to actually you know go his business he he just he couldn't and he actually <laughs> had to go to the bathroom well, yeah, you're, so, you're fighting program you're fighting what 20 30 yeah, years of programming exactly exactly right yeah that must be so uncomfortable too even if you were successful at pissing yourself it must be like wet and cold and i'm trying to remember and yeah. the well, wedding stage and as a kid i think the first minute and a half is amazing because it's warm because you go to t- you're like yeah <laughs> and it's super yeah. warm and it's super whatever. but then sorry and you're relieved you're like, kind of like oh man that's, that's that feels good. better wait what experience are you drawing from <laughs> i'm talking a couple of, <laughs> talking my last job <laughs> Right. Last podcast. Last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't notice? Yeah, it's true. We do drink beer on the podcast. So. Yes, we do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, like I'm trying to think back to when I was a kid and that actually happened. Obviously not on purpose, but uh, yeah, it's probably fun for the first 30 seconds and then it's all downhill from <laughs> yeah. there. <laughs> it's all downhill. What have I done? I think also just by looking at my kids when, when, when uh, they go through the diaper stage and I'm just looking at them and you, you start to recognize the faces that they make <laughs> when it's that time. You just kind of look and they look like they forgot something really important. <laughs> <laughs> they make that exact same yeah. face where you're not sure if you locked your door. You know, you're like, ah, and your friend's looking at you like, what? Hang on a sec. That really super focused moment. And you're like, oh, oh, he's having, he's having a crap. Oh, okay. okay. Everything's <laughs> fine. Everything's fine. There we go. And then uh, it's all good. There's like a look of relief, of comfort, of well-being. And then just a few minutes later, they kind of turn around and they give you this sort of... Uh, Someone needs to... Fun? Do I'm not happy. <laughs> I am very unhappy. Do something about this. Or I will make Why do you I have unhappy. to tell you all the time to <laughs> yep. do something about it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, hey, what a way to open the show. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, guys. <laughs> oh, hey, there's your, there's your Bless speech. you, sound check baby. Bless you. Sound check baby. Uh, uh, that was our three month year old daughter sneezing, if, yes. in case people don't <laughs> know that. Three month year old. Three month. Yeah, a month old. Like. That's okay. Yeah, shouldn't you? Be I called her Lena, so it's fine. That's right. You did. <laughs> so I know it's Lena. Okay, I'm sorry. This is her dad, though. <laughs> but that, they drive you crazy with that. Like it starts, you count things in the days, and then you know, with weeks. the pregnancy, you're like, it's been 49 days. I don't know how much that is. I yeah. lost track of weeks. Yeah, you were pretty good at the week thing. Yeah, I lost and it. I was more better at the like. How old is she? And I would really respond with, well, she was born November 1st. Oh, you do the math. Yeah. You do the math, motherfucker. (laughs) I don't have time. (laughs) (laughs) My math isn't so good on the best day. It's even worse now. Well, I remember telling my girlfriend, like, man, you're really good with this, like, 40, whatever, 30 week, (laughs) 22 weeks and a half and whatever. She's like, it's because it's a fucking countdown for me. It's a countdown. (laughs) It just needs to get out. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, okay. If I was, I was like counting, you're basically counting down to the day you have your body back, right? Yeah, you get your body back. Much. Was um, it like that for you, Sonny? Yeah. 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 Actually, no. <laughs> Actually, towards the end, it was like, okay, this is getting uncomfortable. But I had a really easy pregnancy. Yeah, we went Super to see a movie easy. in like uh, yeah. what, you were seven yeah. months at that point. I, yeah. I yeah. saw yeah. you. I saw you fighting an alley. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm sorry. I had like no morning sickness, nothing. Wicked. Like we went through crazy road trips. Like we went to Nova Scotia, PEI. Yeah. Wicked. But you're tough as nails. I am, except for birth, man, and I'm telling you that's an only child. Never happening again. Yeah, no, it's a, di- it's oh, a yeah? dice throwing situation. Yeah. I was induced on a Friday. I gave birth on Sunday afternoon. 
Ooh. Yeah, that's like 48 hours of it's like, like a marathon. Torture. Solomon Grundy. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's, Born it's, on a Monday. <laughs> Wait on a Tuesday. She was supposed to be a Halloween baby. Oh, really? really? I love Halloween. We had our hospital room decorated. Everything. Okay. Yeah. Wow. We were like ready. And supposedly a lot of people don't want Halloween babies. Because it's a bit of a horror show already. <laughs> yeah. It was horrible. <laughs> From the three-point line. <laughs> it is horrific for a man. Well, let me put it this way. I could, you could find no man, or you could find very few men like me that were so excited about the whole process. I was there the whole time for yeah. both times. Uh, I'm sure you were the same. Adam yeah. Too. Yeah. Uh, you were telling me how you were even experiencing like uh, empathic <laughs> symptoms and all yeah. that stuff, you know. But uh, at the end of the day, it's a horrific. It's a like there's a reason, you know, Ridley Scott made aliens. It's not as beautiful as you know the making of the baby's pretty fun, obviously. Fun. You know, and then if you remember uh, it. <laughs> yeah, and then like the baby's beautiful after and the process. I'm I'm shocked at how like everything else surrounding it is incredible, except for. You know that part seems right. like horrific. <laughs> like, it is. They well, call our room the blood show. Oh wow! Yeah, really? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Sonia lost a lot of blood from the pushing. Jeez. And, yeah. And uh, they actually some nurses came in after just to be like, "Wow, this is a blood show!" Like wow. it was like they called each other over. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Come check this okay. out. Like, 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 the, like the doctor new. was around for the just two last pushes, and her gown was. Covered in blood, Whoa. head to toe. Like wow! So it was kind of a Halloween situation. <laughs> oh yeah, on, on November first. But it's yeah. like it's beautiful. It's a beautiful <laughs> horror show, right? right? It's it's beautiful. It's miraculous. You you know it's happened a million times. You know it happened when you were born, but yeah. you still cannot wrap your head around it when it when it's going down. I guess at least that was my experience. I would. You put it very well. Nicely done. Thank you. I have a I have a podcast. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do a podcast with Richard. You should uh, check. Can it out. I sit yeah. in one time? On this? I'll, I'll send you the link. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, as males, I don't think we have anything to relate with, you know. So when we see, yeah, you know, that whole situation of this, you know, body doing all this work and, and being and contorted and yeah. yeah. Well, guys always like to go like, "Well, hang on, the kidney stones apparently are really painful." Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm sure they are, but they're not in you for nine months. And yeah. you're not con- being zapped, uh, you know, like with all sorts of your body chemistry and everything. It just it, the whole thing is amazing. Was it somebody's put it like pushing a watermelon out of a, a hole that's the size of a lemon, sort of thing? <laughs> you know, to kind of put it in context of just like how extraordinary that whole yeah. process is. Well, you you said it before. I mean, you know Sonia really well there, and you, she's tough as nails, and I know that too. But it when you see that part, it's you don't want to see that again like that's when i, I when i know. saw you go through the birth it was like uh, feeling selfish because i'm not going through it and just yeah. watching and doing whatever i can getting cold face yeah, cloth you can do it whatever and just one of my thoughts in my head where maybe i don't want another child ever because i don't want to see sonia go through that i've never seen her look like that yeah and we're, we're naturally protective of our yeah. of our ladies too right yeah. so you yeah. don't want to see that happen like but, somebody that you love yeah you don't want to see them go through that kind of agony and for something so like he was saying something so beautiful you know there you go that she gives me oh smiles, look at that smile <laughs> yeah man i wish we had video right now oh, man. <laughs> this would be our highest rated episode just based on that smile <laughs> well you know uh she is beautiful our first kid was like a 30 hour ordeal right so she was in labor for 30 hours it was freaking brutal yeah and uh 
I didn't sleep the whole time, the whole bit, so I'm hallucinating, yeah, right? Sure. I'm drinking mm-hmm. coffees. It was like a David Lynch movie after a while. <laughs> I just random sounds. I can hear everything. I can feel everything, but yeah. I don't know where I am. And yeah. my vision started to get like uh, letterboxy. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. yeah. I felt like, like there was these black lines at the bottom sure. and the top of my vision. And then you kind of zombie out into the hallway to take a minute. And then you run into another <laughs> zombie dad. <laughs> and you're trying to muster like a, hey, man, what's up? Yeah. And they just, but you don't, you can't even talk. You just go like, uh, and the guy's like, uh, <laughs> and then you saunter back in for yeah. another. Uh, because, yeah, we have to live it all intellectually. Mm-hmm. But um, you, I mean, you guys keep saying that she's tough as nails. I, I, I get that. I get that feeling. Um, I guess this must have come in pretty handy when you were a prison guard is this correct i want to get into this because <laughs> i heard that yeah. i heard that said by richard yes. and i want to i want to get the skinny on that because that's i was that's a cool. prison guard at 19 for one year okay <laughs> can you give us the like how did it's just, just like the lead it was up to actually it? really boring okay next but, question <laughs> no honestly it, it right, was um it was, was in a wing that was the pre-decisional wing so it was like the inmates that were waiting to be trial these are female inmates male inmates male inmates yeah holy crap so there's about 82 inmates per wing and the things that surprised me is like they really run the show themselves like as a guard you really do nothing other than escort them to the cafeteria make sure they don't bring back any fruits so that they don't make any alcohol you smuggle in some drugs for them that's (laughs) your thing (laughs) sorry tennis balls over the all my my entire frame of reference is uh, Oz and and movies right they would steal fruit to bring back Make, make boots, yeah, yeah. Like, babush, they would call it babush. Like in the toilet, sort of thing, like toilet. No, wine? they had like uh, water bottles, whatever, like things that they would ferment it with, little buckets. Uh, I heard wow. they use socks sometimes babush. with uh, with like pears and things like that. But again, my whole frame of reference yeah. is films, so I, I didn't see that. Can you we, give us a little bit of an idea, sort of breakdown of how you came even came into this job? Well, I was in school, I was studying in corrections, so okay. that was part of it. This was to do a. A field placement for a semester which ended up being a year and which is where we met which is where we met yeah uh, richard, was in, prison. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> richard was in and, prison and then i went to john abbott <laughs> <laughs> okay and, and i still and, make toilet wine <laughs> it's amazing that's what you do there <laughs> it was it was really funny though because i had to get a uniform mm-hmm. and i was really tiny at the time i was a very petite i wore like size five and I went to go get my uniform, and this lady's like, well, you're like a size 12. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm a size 5. She's like, no, you're a size 12. I'm like, no. She's, In Europe, maybe. But. She's like, <laughs> she's like, well, we don't have anything smaller than 8. I'm like, well, give me the 8, you know? And she's like, it's going to be too small. I'm like, just give me the 8. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we heard Smacky those noises baby. in prison. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Anyways, oh, oh, shit. right back. <laughs> I always knock my mic off the stand. That was that was un- unprecedented. Okay. So so yeah. So then my uniform came in, and and obviously me and this lady had like issues with each other now. So she gave me the uniform with like a little smirk and I was like, hmm, and I took my uniform and then I went in the changing room and wow, it was something straight out of police academy. I was busting out. <laughs> I was just like, I cannot go out like this. 
I'm going to get attacked. So and, she was and, correct. And she was correct. Okay. And I could not go back to her and also, say you were Also, it looked like a, like a sex shop. Oh, totally. <laughs> I, wore it, I was uniform? bartending at a year and I wore that as a costume oh, at the bar. Man. Okay. Oh, man. Okay. It was like popping out. And I was like, man. Sexy corrections officer. <laughs> you know? And I was like, I could In a male not. prison. Good idea. <laughs> Excellent. Sounds I couldn't good. go back to her. So I ended up like going to these other ladies who were wearing like size 24 and I was just, you have extra shirts. <laughs> oh, shit. So for the whole year, I was wearing like size 20, 24, whatever people would give me. You, could, you, you never went back to <laughs> Never the went back lady. to that lady. Like I'm not going to satisfy her because she's expecting yeah, that, me back. You, what you didn't understand is the sizes were actually the amount of minutes you'll last if, <laughs> by, <laughs> by wearing your... Yeah, so, right. so you're asking for an eight. That's, uh, yeah. that's what happened there. Okay. So um, you actually just you studied this you entered the correctional system yeah and yeah. then it was uh it, it wasn't very um <laughs> it was what was i gonna say bah. you know what the only thing that i thought was really interesting was like the prison law prison rule which was 82 inmates mm-hmm. nobody's allowed to flush the toilet on the overnight okay <laughs> so can you imagine how that smells in the morning at why seven not o'clock? because think about it 82 toilets flushing is a lot of water. It's a lot of noise. It'll keep everybody up. Oh. So prison mm. rule is you don't flush the toilet. Okay. So it was really stinky. Wow. That was nasty. That's 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 and brutal. They have their own toilets. Yeah, their own cells, toilet. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and it after was, lights out, toilets no. Yeah, flush. no toilets, or you get your ass kicked. And uh, by the guards? No, no, by other inmates. Yeah, oh, okay. oh, it's the inmates. Rules. Oh, yeah, it's inmate rule. Ah, so yeah. that's what you meant by it's uh, it, it's self-regulated. Oh yeah, completely. Okay. Yeah, totally. So we're talking and about what kind of level of inmates now? These are people going. It in was for... a provincial prison, so it's anything that's two years minus a day. Okay. Sentencing. Okay. So, so a lot of people. Drugs. Pot. Uh, <laughs> Smell like yeah. pot. Whatever. <laughs> okay. So you had a you had some some people in there, and uh, okay, so and they treated me very nicely because I was the only one who was bilingual. Yeah. It's a mostly French prison, so all the inmates that were English were just never spoken to or addressed to. Really? Yeah. Holy so crap. whenever there was any issues in the prison, the English inmates would come to me. <laughs> so and that had nothing to do with the tight uniform. Had nothing to do with the tight uniform. <laughs> <laughs> they or never the saw me that tight. No. <laughs> you look like a little one. kid wearing your dad's clothes. Exactly. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I feel like that's that's probably true. Like they were just they were respectful of you. They were. For they the really were. Okay. I did not have any issues. So it wasn't in, a hard time. There. So yeah. you, did you ever have to get physical? No. No? No. No, you never had to like I mean there was never like a screening oh, of there was one time. <laughs> it, it could have gotten really bad. They they're like, Okay, they send me into the shower uh gym area. So they all work out and shower in this big common floor area and there was supposed to be two other guards in there. And they Whoops. sent me in there and there wasn't. <laughs> oh and my I was God. alone with eighty two inmates. Wonderful. And I was like, Uh oh, I don't think they know that I'm here alone. And I started like scoping around the place and I remember like pretending there was somebody across the room and I would like signal, like giving head <laughs> nods, like, Yeah, yeah, hi, hey yeah, I'm one two. <laughs> and I was like wow. radioing like I'm alone. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. So it was like five minutes, but it was five minutes where it could have gone bad. They lasted they lasted forever. Yeah. yeah. So they yeah. sent reinforcements super quick or? oh yeah yeah, yeah. Like, sorry 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 suddenly there's 18 guys in like the full battalion gear <laughs> right, like, yeah. Yeah. right everyone's gear. just like so like what? no but it, I, I, I did <laughs> good like i was i made it look like there was other people in the room that's intense survival okay so <laughs> how old are you at this point 19 19 19 mm. Jeez. so that was like three years ago 
That's oh, why I married that's him. Sweet. <laughs> that's sweet. That's very sweet. That's also so disturbing. Twenty years uh, ago, maybe. <laughs> but uh, well done. Um, so okay, so you just had any? Okay, but you left. I left. Yeah. Because you just didn't it find was, it exciting. Or? Exactly. It was a school thing. Like it was. A it was a school thing, and I had no interest after in it. You know. Mm. Um, yeah. And you continued uh, working in like corrections. Yeah, I continued working uh, with uh, teenagers. That's where I met Adam in uh, juvenile detention rehabilitation centers. I wasn't the teenager in there. I <laughs> like was Richard also, in prison? Yeah. You were a teenager? <laughs> I was also working there. This yeah. is how you meet all your men. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you like hard luck stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They do want to change you. They always want to change you. <laughs> yeah, That's that, great. Yeah. So, so you met in the system. We met in the system. <laughs> yeah, working in the system. Working in the yeah. system, right. Yeah. Not doing hard time. Not not not, yeah. <laughs> okay. not having to be part of the system. But Okay, so were you uh, what system was that, just to be clear? This is juvenile? Juveniles. Okay. Yeah. Juvenile. How was that different? Oh man, a lot more excitement. Yeah. <laughs> a and, a, and a lot more physical restraints. A lot more physical restraints. Okay. A lot more uh, assaults, a lot more oh. everything, yeah. Yeah, it's it was it's pretty crazy. The first two years were mental. And uh, you hear a lot of that too. Over there. <laughs> you, should, you should know I'm going to steal that baby in a minute. Because <laughs> she's too adorable. She is, isn't she? But yeah. you wouldn't expect juvenile detention to be worse than adult lockup. It, it is, because I think they know that once they turn 18, it's a different set of rules. So it's like, might as well fuck around now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She agrees. She, yeah. she, well, she's just taking your advice. That's yeah. right. Yeah, she's like oh, that's I right. can what? What's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah but except for you, I'll yeah. bet her off until I'm eighteen. Yeah, I better you, get started. You're not allowed to do that though. No, and I mean, Lena. and I mean, like you know what? Not all kids are crazy. Like some of them are really awesome. <laughs> I mean, the only the only uh, contact I've had with that is in high school. I actually dated a girl who was um, kind of halfway out of juvie. Okay, so she only had to go in on the weekends. And I should have known by the nose ring that she was trouble. <laughs> but, uh, by the nose ring. <laughs> she was kind of a punky kind of girl. But that's kind of maybe what the appeal was, right? Yeah. Only, also, the only girl I ever dated that was taller than me, which is kind of cool. Oh. Was, was the first. How did that work out? It was, it was all right. Yeah. It was all right. But uh, I remember just this one time going to, uh, going to the juvie place to wait for her to help her with her bags she was she could okay because she was coming out were you okay were you, you weren't allowed to go in to get her though uh or? yeah well i couldn't go all the way in but i was just like in the lobby <laughs> we still talking what? about picking talking? her up or? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't paying attention for a second all of a sudden you got my attention i'm the wise ass on this show <laughs> oh you said well, PG, man. <laughs> no, 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 no i mean uh i would yeah, i yeah. was in like this weird little waiting Half, room but i could point. see there i could see through the windows the different rooms and I could see who was being uh, fully isolated and who had like a little cell to those that were kind of allowed to roam. But it was like looking into um, a a cage for like wild animals with these like 14-year-old girls looking back at me with equal parts like curiosity but also like vicious, vicious intent. You know, like literally I could tell that there were some issues in this. It was really interesting. And girls are evil. Are they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, she certainly was... Um, They're uh, harder to work with, I find. Are they? Yeah. Okay, is that a well, thing? I, I think the from what I've seen is that the, yeah. the the males, and I don't know if this is a typical thing to say, but the males tend to explode whenever there's an issue, and it's like, 
let's get it out now. Yeah. And then they'll get it out. And what are, then are you okay. still talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just work. following up on your story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, after they get it out, you never hear from them but again. That, <laughs> this, is, this is what I'm saying. Is that that's kind of, yeah. that's, I don't think that's accidental. Yeah. And it just seems like they can get over it. And then they even maybe become buddies. Okay. Whereas the females, from what I've seen that I've worked with, they maybe don't react right away. And then all of a sudden, like four months later, they're like, giving it to you and yeah, like you, really, you don't remember why and they're really trying to make life really difficult for you as a, either a worker or even maybe one of their friends or peers okay. or whatever like so like, like they, they built up a grudge, grudge. yeah yeah, uh-huh. yeah big time they are big so time. vengeful yeah and they remember uh-huh. like they remember everything this uh this this makes sense yeah <laughs> well yeah, me I mean, too. I don't want to be. I don't want to sound. It sounds like incredibly whatever, sexist. And, and not yeah. only that, but don't forget, as like their periods and all that kick in when they're teenagers, eh? So yeah. their Mother bodies are God. out of whack. So you've got like twelve <laughs> girls. There's always a few of them going yeah. through their cycle at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's gonna be sad to see, though. It's gonna be sad to see. Uh, I mean, there's this is part of these jobs that I I am forever grateful for the people that can do them. Um, I was watching Forensic Files last night, and they caught this fucking guy because of blades of grass that were on his socks. And they identified the kinds of blades of grass, like the strain. Wow. And it happened to be from a from a golf course that only had this one type oh my of... God. Because the guy that ran the landscaper had like a thing for this strain. Right. But this is all interesting, except they found a lady... Who was the a world expert on fucking grass? On and what? On, on grass, the the grass lady. She's like <laughs> a scientist, and I just my girlfriend was like, "Oh, that's cool." I'm like, "Bless her fucking heart." Yeah. Because I would never in a million years think of going to study grass for a living, <laughs> or oh even God, become an expert. Yeah. Thank <laughs> God for these people, right? No, not, not <laughs> thank you, Lord, anyway. for giving us grass lady. <laughs> <laughs> grass lady. <laughs> and in yeah. that same vein, because I'm going to bring it all back here, is that uh, I feel this way about people who work in uh, you know, uh, funeral homes. Yeah. Um, I, I knew some people who did jobs like they washed corpses. Oh, my God. Yeah. This was yeah. their job, right? Yeah. Uh, people who just carried organs in the morgue back and forth between the different departments yeah. right when they were being uh, um, harvested for transplantation right and these are all jobs that are incredibly important but I can, yeah. I'm terrified of and fascinated by so the, what you got with this this kind of job it's, I think it's incredible it must be heavy when, emotionally right it is yeah. so when you see like with the success stories like they're awesome you know like when you have kids yeah. sometimes they call you like 20 years later and they're like hey remember me i've oh, got a family happened? now oh yeah, yeah really? can i pass by can i and that's really cool and we've got horror stories too right where you sure. see the kids in in the news and of it's course like, okay yeah. you know this kid got shot or yeah. this kid shot wow. somebody and but then they could have potentially <laughs> all been horror shows and then yeah or horror stories and uh and you managed to salvage a few words i think the hardest part for us is we're not technically allowed to you know talk about certain things because it's all confidential but if something bad happens the news gets a hold of it and goes out and then it all looks bad right oh my god what are they doing over there at the agency this and this but we're not allowed to rebuttal that and say yeah but you know like sonia runs a really awesome cooking program over there and the people that come in like these are people that you don't really trust to do certain things yet when they're in her program you know because of the respect they have for sonia and how she runs a program they're all cooking you know using 
knives. She brings forks. them to heel. Big, big yeah. sharp knives. Yeah, and they wow. have a blast, and they're laughing, and they're having a good time. You know, but that stuff never really gets talked about because right. it's it's not news. It's not. It's not. A, it's know? not. It doesn't. It's not bleed. a. It's not yeah. a cool story. No, that's yeah. it. What you would like to yeah. hear about is, oh my God, there was a cooking program and someone got stabbed. <laughs> they shouldn't do it then. Oh, the government. They're, yeah. They're doing what this are again. they doing? You know. So they're, they're wasting your tax dollars. Right. And, yeah. You know, that's the story we want to tell. Yeah, but there's a lot of uh, like the one one of our kids that we dealt with became even like a crazy sous chef, I believe, somewhere. Two of them, yeah. Two of them, you know. So yeah, it's like working a really well, there are chefs. Restaurant. Chefs are yeah, cool. Essentially, have criminal personalities, right? So that that, that that's actually great. You fo- yeah. refocused his. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I didn't make this up. Chefs yeah. often talk about the the, the criminal mind uh, that huh. is very uh, conducive to that job. Shit, it's my very. Dad's a chef. <laughs> 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 that explains a lot. What? He'll never hear this. He'll never hear this. It's okay. I mean, but there, there are many <laughs> la- are, layers yeah, of right. chefs. Yeah. There are the yeah. there are the academic chefs that are very polite and you know I, my name is Inguar and like they're very you know very quiet yeah. and like I like to think about every dish as a work of art and like yeah. those guys. And then you have the like uh, what's his name? Uh, um, um, no um, re- no reservations. Um, what's his name? Um, (laughs) i'm I'm not on the same boat here i have no idea what you're talking about um not marco pierre white although that's a good example but anthony uh, bourdain anthony bourdain thank you oh yeah if you read his book uh he literally says like uh he it's it was like being a pirate it's like living like a pirate and you 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 jump from different ships Mm. and the kitchen is this hostile yeah. Very high stressful place. It is, yeah. yeah. You, you, I restaurants for years. Right? You know oh, yeah. about this yeah. stuff. Yeah. There's I literally know, knife I know fights. quite a few chefs that are in jail. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that, that, that's where you met them. <laughs> when, <laughs> right. when, when you all met, it was all in jail. When was working together. Together. Richard, when are we going to hear the Richard prison stories? <laughs> <laughs> that's, what you, that's the next podcast. Next podcast. In, in due time. All right. Yeah. In due time. In due time. Yeah. Okay. So how long had you been in the system when you when you guys met? Well, uh, Sonia is quite a veteran worker there. You've been there eighteen years. Eighteen years, yeah. and I started there maybe about seven, eight years, ago. seven, eight years ago. And Sonia is part of uh, a lot of groups over there, like union stuff and everything. And on my orientation, uh, Sonia and the other guy who's in charge of that took all the new guys out and showed us around and stuff. So that's where we met <laughs> yeah. for the first time, I guess. And uh, love at first sight. Uh, well, no. at first, <laughs> well, I mean, it I, started yeah. in blood and it ended in blood. <laughs> we, we, we connected, right? We connect. Like we did connect. Friends. Yeah, yeah. Wow. that's great. As and, uh, friends. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, 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 oh. hey, hey! Oh. <laughs> Down, boy. <laughs> so, speaking of pe- uh, watching over people confined in a small space. Uh, <laughs> You were also yes. an airline airline uh, yes. stewardess. Is yes. that still no, a flight attendant? Oh, oh, come on. What's no. wrong with stewardess? I just want to know. I don't care. You can no. say I just want to know. What, when, what happened to that term? What, what was offensive about stewardess? I think it's uh, gender specific, isn't it? Oh. But then aren't you just a steward yeah. if you're a guy? Steward. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And that's it? You know, pe- people are nuts and everything offends everybody, I okay. guess. Okay. Yeah. So right. flight attendant. Yes. Yeah. Which still sounds like you're serving people so i don't know why that's better sky waitress waitress. (laughs) air helper (laughs) all right so uh yeah so was this this is it's pretty crazy after uh, i'm still doing it i've done both yeah at the same time but i'm I'm really flying part-time 
So okay. I only fly in the summer, and I do part time hours. Did you summer. go directly from from um, <laughs> prison to uh, <laughs> to airlines? I went. I went from prison to working with the kids to. I, I, within 10 years of working with the kids, I needed a bit of a break. So I took a leave of absence of a year. Okay. And I went flying. You noticed the pattern though, right? You, you continually go to jobs where people can't leave. They're confined. They have to listen to what you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> They're trapped. And you're the only, you're the only contact to the outside world. <laughs> I'm going too far with this, but there's a pattern here. I'm just saying. There is a pattern. You're, you're absolutely right. And, and the passengers have no idea what they're in for. That's right. Because so, you have, sometimes you have they the training. Around. Oh, yeah? Once I had this guy sitting in front of me and he's like, he looks at me and he's like, I know you. And I was like, Uh-oh. okay. And then he mentions the name of the prison. Oh, snap. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, I had no bad blood with anybody there, there but it was just like, this right. is awkward. And, and he, then he mentions like the wing that I worked wow. in. And I was like, ah. wow. But he was probably like, he said it in a really fond way, right? Like, well, he was he, like, he was another guard. <laughs> Oh, oh, I, know. I was like, oh my god! Like all these it's things the going through my head. Yeah, right. you know. <laughs> That's great. So, so uh, you flush the toilet at night. I never gave you that beating. Come here, <laughs> toilet flusher. You, you're strangling him with the like gas, the, the oxygen mask for the. <laughs> I owed you this one. Uh, so, am I right in assuming? Or guessing that uh, airlines were more fucked up than prison. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I have a feeling like that's the I case. Stories I can are see insane. That. Okay. Like passengers <laughs> lose their mind on a plane. Like they they throw bread buns at you Shit to get your to attention. People. Yeah. Bread buns. Yeah. This has happened more than it. once. Huh? This has happened more than once? Yeah. Wow. They'll throw a bread bun at a flight attendant because they think she forgot to serve them their meal. And when she was just <laughs> going to get the tray. What did, you, what did they get the bread bun from someone else? Well, no, because we give out the trays first. Right. That, and then we bring the hot casserole. Uh-huh. So on the tray, there's bread. So then you put the tray in front of the people and they're like, they think you forgot to put the casserole on. Chuck it so as you. you're going to get the casserole, they whip it at your head. Oh, people are horrible. <laughs> you know, they do that. They, they lose their minds. I would go directly to jail. All right, one first day of work, yeah. I put someone in like a. I I kill them with their pillow. With their pillow, I choke them down. I choke you stuff them out. that bun up their nose. Like. <laughs> but uh, it, there is something that happens to a certain type of person the moment they get into any kind of a, a served situation, right? Where they just um, they, they just Speaking go. Speaking of serving, don't ever whistle at anybody to have Sorry. them serve you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, or snap your fingers. Yeah, yeah. Garcon. That's, that's just rude. So all this time, I mean, like I was always worried about you when you go on flights and stuff because I have a small fear of planes. Dude. But uh, really, I should have been worried, you know, like more about how people treated you on the plane versus the plane actually shutting down and crashing. Is what you're saying? Well, I scared these poor passengers once. With I have a sense. I like to make funnies, you know, and sometimes it's not the right place. <laughs> 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 like a takeoff <laughs> where you're sitting and these people in front of you look terrified, and they look at you yeah. and they're like. Are you ever scared? And I look at them and I said, every single day. Amazing. <laughs> and then they looked at me and went, just kidding. Ha, ha, ha. And oh my like, God. they didn't hear me say just kidding. They stayed freaked out for like half an hour. <laughs> I would be your biggest fan. Yeah, I would was, be your biggest fan. Which is funny because, I mean, you know, obviously she's a f- 
Hold on, not stewardess. What, what did we finally say? It's, uh, you're it's on a, your own. What, what did you say, Richard? Flight, flight waitress or flight uh, sky, sky waitress? Sky yeah, waitress. I think that's not. That's um, not a very nice and thing she's to say. so comfortable on the plane, and here I am, like literally, just so uncomfortable. Yeah. On the plane, I was terrified. Has that yeah. always been the case for you? Like, you I've never really you? flown before, so I wasn't sure what to expect. And uh, I mean, I like I felt okay, and then all of a sudden. <laughs> I don't know. I got like really pale and green on the plane, and so he was like, oxygen, "Yeah, really? lie down, raise yeah. the legs." <laughs> yeah. So he's like, uh-huh. "Sonia's yeah. super calm and cool," and I'm just like now petrified. I mean, I need <laughs> gravel and Ativan. Was it was it conscious? Like, did you just were you thinking too much about the technology? The fact that you were no, off the I, ground? No, I don't think so. Like, we went to Cuba. It was my first time kind of going anywhere. It was fantastic, and the flight there, there was no problems. Like, I, I was fine on the way there, right? Yeah. And then our flight on the way back, I don't know what happened. It was like halfway through. It was only, what, four hours? Three and like half. three hours. So like an hour and a half in, all of a sudden, I just... Green, white. I was green. Like I looked at Sonia and she's just like, oh my God. And I'm like, I think I'm just going to go to the bathroom. She's like, don't get up. And I'm like, no, I need to get up. Like, I'm, <laughs> no, you're gonna I don't wait. know what's wrong. She's going to pass out. <laughs> so all her, she knows all the flight attendants on the flight up. So they all got out of their seats in the back. Code and green. And I was like, yeah, I was like lying down on like three seats in the back because I, I don't know, it was very, very odd. And I guess it just happens. Uh, I've been violently ill on a airplane, but it wasn't because of the airplane. It was because I happened to go to a, a, a restaurant before getting on the plane, and that restaurant maybe poisoned. I got mad, mad food poisoning one Ugh, time. Yeah, no. Want to be in that bathroom? It was brutal. <laughs> it was brutal. Yeah, you're trapped. Yeah. It was absolutely brutal. And people thought I was freaking dying. They really thought I was dying because I, I was like almost uh, delirious. <laughs> I was so bad. Yeah. Th- my mom was there, thank God. And she just like held on to my ginormous head and just like held me there, <laughs> held me in check and just kept doing. She has this very U- European kind of way of just like, he's okay, he's okay. And just like nodding at people. Yeah, like, yeah. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. But <laughs> You're it, like, I'm not okay. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm like freaking dying. And then my mother has this way of like inventing cures on the spot <laughs> that I think are complete bullshit, but they work. She'd be like, no, just uh, suck on this tea bag. Suck on this tea bag. <laughs> suck on this like, tea bag. What? Was it a dry tea bag too? <laughs> <laughs> she just gave me like the most bitter residue of black tea, and she's like, do it, do it. And I'm like, I don't, do I don't know what's going on. I'm like, she's like, do it. And by the connecting flight, I was like, I came out of the delirium, and I was fine. And my mom was just like nodding, like, that's right, Mama knows best, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's my mom. Yeah. I think she has like mental powers because there's no evidence. There's no scientific evidence yeah. that, that black tea does anything to a person <laughs> in a food poisoning type situation. You never know. Shit. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe there's some application. But uh, Have you tried it again since? Yes. And? The placebo is still in. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> there may actually be something to it. Yeah, if I'm not in a bad way. Yeah, black yeah. tea. Yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, uh, you're on the airplane, and uh, you've been doing it for 18 years, you said? No, on the plane, it's, it's been eight. Eight years. Oh, yeah, you did the other job for 18 years. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you fly nationally, internationally? Internationally. I do Europe flights. Okay. Yeah. For, uh, um, like, an airline? Charter airline, yeah. A charter airline, okay. Yeah. Um, do you like it? I love it. Yeah? Oh, yeah. It's not free, because it's a six-hour to seven-hour situation every time, no? Yeah. And another eight or nine back? Depending where you go, right? If you go to like Portugal, it's close. If you go to Greece, it's mm-hmm. or Italy, you're looking at ten hours on the plane. Yeah, and with yeah. your two but jobs, you, you were looking at like 
what 60 70 80 hour work weeks oh, it's at, crazy. at certain points yeah. sometimes i would like land and just in my uniform drive to my other job Wow, that's insane. I mean, sometimes the flights. Speaking are of like, hardcore, that's, yeah. kind of, that, that's kind of hot. The I'm best sorry. part of the flights are when you get like to stay there, though. You don't just oh, yeah. go there and come back. You know, like so. I if you go grocery to, shopping. Yeah, like if you go to Portugal, you get to stay in Portugal for two or three days. Bring back some piri piri yeah. and nice. That's amazing. Jorginha. Jorginha. <laughs> of course. Uh, you know, it's interesting because whenever I'm on a plane, I'm always I always watch people and I'm I'm, I'm curious about things and I. I always see like the flight attendants, and I, and I figure, it's like a it's like a culture. It's a little community, right? That people don't know about. They just people just see them, kind of walking yeah. back and forth and doing oh, their yeah. job. But you are potentially the only people in the world living this type of lifestyle. Absolutely, and and I think that's yeah, definitely. There's no other people. Well, like, I guess like, who can you relate to? Pilots, really? maybe. Yeah. Is there a nurse, doctor, pilot, uh, flight attendant thing? Not really. Or is it just the crew is the crew? The crew is the crew. I mean, sometimes you have like some people that, yeah, separate, but I've been Do you hang out with the pilots too and all that? Or are they like. (laughs) Usually we do. You know? (laughs) That was actually our daughter burping. (laughs) Yeah, that's plausible. Let's let's go with that. (laughs) (laughs) Richard. Yeah. Back in the cell. Don't flush the toilet. The the flight attendant training is is, flight attending is nothing that you think it is. Like right, it looks so glamorous. Okay, break some of these stereotypes for us. It's it's not glamorous at all. Like it's terrible sometimes how we just go through hours and hours of being awake and being gross (laughs) in our uniforms and just like okay i've got like you just want you want to be normal right you're not and you're not i'm not normal now because i'm focused on her hold on (laughs) (laughs) like like for example uh you're only paid for flying time so you have to show up on a plane like for a briefing like an hour and a half before your flight and you get quizzed before each flight to make sure that you're knowledgeable on the emergency really? situations. Every single one. Every single person, every single flight. And if you fail a couple of questions, like if you fail a question, they'll give you another one. If you fail that one, they can kick you off the flight. Whoa. Yeah. So it's like really, really um, strict on on those things. And you're not paid for that. And when you're searching the plane for bombs, you're not paid for that. When, when I or is that a thing every time? Everywhere and all the time. Okay, I have a lot airline. of questions about this. So keep okay, go, go. And every time like you we greet you on the plane and say, Oh, your seat's over there, turn there. No, we're not getting paid. Really? So yeah, as soon as the plane's doors close, engines running, oh now the clock starts. And if there's a delay so, on the on the tarmac too, too as bad, well. So sad, like, you yeah. know? So Well that blows. So that blows it. So right away, like you think that a lot of times people like we fly to maybe whatever france and it's like six and a half hours seven hours and they're like oh are you flying back to montreal no man because it's like it's been seven hours on the plane but really it's already been like 10 hours for us right you know and then by the time you take the shuttle bus that brings you to the hotel and that's another hour and then after that it could be another hour before you get your hotel room and in the meantime you're just like really gross and nasty just not not in a presentable no and this happened to a flight attendant. And this is a really fantastic, embarrassing, but really cool story. <laughs> because this is, this is gross, what I'm going to say. But it's true. And on the plane, right, everybody gets gassy. Everybody gets all these things. And flight oh, attendants... Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
You know, flight Except attendants for you. too. No, yeah, I don't know. Angels no. come and take it away. <laughs> but, <laughs> but so usually, you just open the the, <laughs> the pilot's cabin door, <laughs> and you just lock it. Oh in my there. god, that's another story. Okay, that okay. happened. Sorry, I didn't oh, mean to gosh, distract you. Go on. Now. Uh, I forgot the first one. We have time one. for both. I Go forgot for it. the first one. Shit. Did it have Gassy. to do with what was written in Gassy. the book? Okay, there? so so and you remind me after for that one. So <laughs> the the girl was all of us actually. As soon as we get to the hotel, the first thing we all want to do is go use the bathroom. That's the first thing we want to do. That Everybody sounds... notoriously like that's what you want to do. You've been on this plane. You've been high altitude. You want to go. So this girl goes in her room and uh, runs to the bathroom and just goes right she's like shitting her life away okay and and she's like oh that's good wait girls you know? don't poop in, oh yeah in and the you hotel. know what and we all talk about this amongst each other like oh i had the biggest yesterday you know like it was just like yeah we're very crass around that because it feels good you except for you it. except for me so she's she's in the toilet in her hotel room going Ugh, only to come out of the toilet to see that there was a couple in the bed in that room. Oh, my God. They gave her a room that was already occupied. And then she just ran in and went straight to the toilet because that's what Amazing. we do. <laughs> Did they, like, applaud when she came out? I would have totally given her a room. She was yeah. mortified. Good job, honey. Good job. Maybe you should shower now. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, take all the time you need. <laughs> so and what the happened? couple was under the sheets just, like, <laughs> like oh, with shit. a petrified look on their face, you know? <laughs> You imagine like you're just in bed and somebody comes running into your hotel room and takes like a grunting dump noises. in the bathroom. Exactly. <laughs> epic prank. Epic, yeah. epic prank to oh do. Yeah. And it's and when it, the door opens too, like it's not some serial killer. It's just some like air flight attendant yeah. who's like, sorry. Just, yeah, exactly. She just has her, her, exactly. her high heels no, no. in her hands. Yeah. Runs out Justin of the place. needs the to get on top of that. Jesus, that's brilliant. And okay. the, the other story was on the plane is the flight director and he also is gassy sometimes. So he would just open the bathroom, which is the flight director that works in first class. Like he's at the front of the plane. So he was like opening up the door to the bathroom and would just like like uh, pass gas in there. He would just wow. fart in the toilet and just close the door. So at one point he does that and all he hears is some lady screaming. So oh. she forgot to lock the door. So imagine this lady. She's sitting on the toilet. She freaks out because the door is opening. Step two, this butt cheek comes in and lets one rip. Amazing. Probably at eye level because she's sitting. <laughs> and then slaps like the into door. Her mouth. <laughs> did he get pink eye for that? I think uh, right. he, uh, there's a G- G- Geneva convention was violated this particular instance. <laughs> yeah. But that's great. I mean, I put that on. That's on her. That's really on her. She should have. Yeah. Oh. There, there's a lock on that door. Or honey, you should have closed it. And she will never forget to lock that again. <laughs> She's gonna lock it and probably tape it shut. Barricade. Sure. Right back to the beginning of when we talked about locking your house doors. Boom! There you go. <laughs> See, he's trying, it all back. He's, he's, he's trying to take my job, Richard. <laughs> he's trying to and, take my job, and that's withholding a baby. Wow! Yeah. You see what this is giving? He's presenting value. Multitask. <laughs> Multitasker. God damn it! So that's wild. I, listen, yeah. I have so many questions. So I'm. I'm if you don't mind, Richard, uh, um, you know, you can cut in any time because, you know, this is your show, too. Right. <laughs> but um, I always wondered, you know, of course, the post 9-11 thing has changed the, the landscape of flight attendants uh, of a flying period of travel right. period. Right. So um, 
apart from all the security procedures that you probably have to observe now, especially with transatlantic flights, how much of uh, just visual profiling goes on? Like, are, the, are you taught to look for things in behaviors uh, of, of uh, people getting on the plane? Uh, no. Well, yeah, we're, we're taught to look out for uh, behaviors that are disruptive. But that was always like from when we started. Our training, the training as a flight attendant, it was when I started, it was a five-week training. And in the five weeks, we spent one day on service. Which is? Uh, like actual giving food, food oh, okay. saying hi. Oh, okay. So that's <laughs> just so like not which is the perceived thing that you think. That's that's why people do. sometimes think okay. like, oh, you know, your air waitresses would really like we've only <laughs> <Richard>. spent one <laughs> Richard. <laughs> that's right. You have nothing to yeah. say now. No, eh, notice how <laughs> notice how silent Richard's being that's right, right now. Shut the fuck Feel up, shame, Richard. <laughs> Feel shame and say nothing. We're so bad. <laughs> okay, so. Um, so, yeah. So, we only spend one day in that out of the five weeks. So, all those other five weeks are really like how to deal with unruly passengers, how to, yeah. you know, uh, emergency situations, how to what assess. Is, may I ask you, what is that cutoff point? <laughs> oh. oh, wait. She had something to add here. But, uh, yeah. What is, the, what is that cutoff point? What do you mean? Because uh, I know that. Oh, yeah, man. Get that on, get that on the air. Um what I know that there are procedures for, you know, after a certain amount of time or a certain amount of uh, things that happen, you give the message to, like, turn a plane around and that sort of thing? Yeah, well, we... we, we Is there a certain level that we have procedures to? and we have different levels. Okay. Like code orange, code, code yeah, blue. Yeah, we've got codes. Yeah. And so I get up and I freak out and I'm like, oh, my God, this plane's going to f- crash. And I start freaking out. Is that is that enough to, to? That's more than enough. You've gone above and beyond a few levels if you do that. If you're just like you're, you're like you're freaking out. And you're like, oh my god, a plane, blah, 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 like that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, that that's enough to turn the plane around. And oh no, I'm not necessarily turning the plane around. That's enough to get you arrested, probably. And okay, and is there to have you handcuffed and? You can do that. <laughs> yeah. Are you trained for that? You can't see the word yeah. bomb and stuff, right? Just like no, you can't. Like that. No, no, you shouldn't. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's the no. bomb, yo. Yeah, no. Yeah. Done. Actually, we had a group of teenagers once from Spain, and like one girl actually had the word "bomb" written on her, whoops, on her arm. Oh, like a tattoo? Yeah. Is that a thing? Is that a problem? It, it wasn't, but she was like unruly about it, you know. Oh. Like and it was just like, ugh. Like, teenagers, like, and it's like you talk to the teacher. It's I'll like, be an uh, idiot, you know. Yeah. But so uh, someone, I'm guessing there are fights, arguments. Yeah. Oh yeah. Can we, you uh, give us an anecdote? Yeah, for sure. We had a, a couple that were going away on vacation together, and they started fighting, like fist fighting, <laughs> to the, the point on the plane. On the plane. Like so, the and they were closed? going on vacation. They were going on vacation. Uh. So we had to separate them, and so we had the girl at the back and the guy at the front, and literally we had to be in the aisles and prevent one from going. To the back or to the front to confront the other one. Wow. Yeah. We've had those things. We also had once, it was a couple, two couples that met, but, uh, how, okay. But both couples had a restraining order against each other. 
Like the it was couples? like no, it was like an ex. It's like this guy, oh. this girl used to date, and they it got really bad, and they got a restraining order against each other. Fast forward five years, ten years down the line, they each have a new boyfriend girlfriend, and they go on vacation, and they end up being on the same plane. Oh, wow. <laughs> so then, like you have to get the cops involved because like, well, like who stays? I who feel goes? like I want to like, cast Jennifer Aniston in the movie version of this, <laughs> and like Vince Vaughn. <laughs> yeah, right on. Because this sounds like pure pure romantic comedy situation. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, but that can't be fun no so and they got they, openly hostile like yeah then the cops had to come and then like they had to keep some right of them out right nice <laughs> they had to keep keep two of them on the ground and send off the plane because they can't be far enough away from each other within the plane right it's yeah, 500 exactly. yards or whatever but that was the craziest coincidence that day and thank god for this because because those two people got kicked off the flight well to go on the next one they had to go retrieve their luggage right well lo and behold the entire plane was stocked with the wrong flight of luggage. Oh. So it's like there was a flight going to Cuba and a flight going to Punta Cana. Well, all the luggage for Cuba was in the Punta Cana flight and all the luggage. That, that would so have been a motherfucker. None of these flights had taken off yet. So because of those two people, that's They saved. caught the mistake. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's really awesome until I remember that you told us that you guys aren't paid for this whole these whole shenanigans. You're sitting <laughs> on the plane going, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be three hours. Another three hours. I'm not paid for. Yeah, that's unbearable. Use my hourly wage going down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, right. but we get a lot of perks, right? We do get to visit Europe. We get our hotel paid for. We get uh, spending money, and we that's nice. We get to see the world. Really, like I've traveled like crazy, and that's why I love it. That's why I do it. You know, and and passengers for the most part are a lot of fun. You know, sometimes you get like the you get hit on probably quite a bit. Yeah, you do, you know, and but then you, yeah, you do, but that's like typical, right? It's like the uniform thing, right? Yeah. Like girls in uniforms, like guys that go to Cancun are already loaded when they're on the plane, and but yeah, I, I fly, I only fly to Europe, and honestly, I don't get that as much. No, nope. like when I started, I was doing the down south flights, and you would get that, like the guys going to be hey, Puerto Plata, hey. yeah, you know, <laughs> they're, they're loaded getting on the plane, and they just hey, wanna, beautiful, yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like sir, could you please attach your seatbelt? Why don't you do it for me? Oh <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> These are the guys that go to strip clubs, and they're like, she was looking at me, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, I really think I made an impact. You know, I think yeah. I think uh, I think there was a moment there. You're like, yeah. She, she's She's got eyes for me. She's got eyes for me, man. <laughs> it's exactly yeah. that. And like, she just kept looking at me, man. I was just like stuffing those C notes in her in her bra, man. And she just kept looking. I think she loves me, man. <laughs> like, yes, yes, she does. Yeah. Yes. We we also had somebody once say, "My my sister's in first class, and I just want to know who lands first. <laughs> is she is she gonna get to Paris before me? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> well, she's in first class. Does does she get there before me? This is an honest question. Honest question. Like the like the planes ah! separate. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, well, technically the plane lands like back. So face first. So, so, like, not so yeah, Techni- you're gonna get there first. So. Technically, you get there first. <laughs> what the That's hell? That's right. Ask first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She'll get there point three seconds yeah. ahead of you. That had to be like a misfire, as Richard calls them. <laughs> that had to be like one of those. Uh, you meet. Oh, you meet like a. I met a, a guy once. Uh, she doesn't like that story oh, at she doesn't all. Doesn't like the story at all. No. No. Don't be disappointed in humanity. It's fine. It's okay. You're new. You'll get. You'll learn. <laughs> I could just. I could just listen to her, doing that all through the whole podcast. Are, are you free after midnight? Because you can listen to her do that. Are you all kidding night? me? Please. I don't know where you guys live, but uh, babysitting. Are you kidding me? 
look no further. She's fantastic daytime. She's not bad now. Actually, I, I, I'm the man. I've got really? two kids who love babies and who are just like little soldiers. They'll just watch her and. Okay. Then Jason I'll... loves the babies. Yeah, man, babies are awesome. You know, you know <laughs> what it is. Babies. Every time you pass a baby, baby. <laughs> I can really narrow it down. Okay, it's just really for one simple reason, apart from the fact that they're chubby and adorable. <laughs> And and they're just like these little creatures. I love them. The f- they're just they're they're honest. Yeah. And it's like this little piece of your life where you get to be what you are, and you don't you none none of that bullshit. None of just pure you. And then after that, we have to socialize as kids and tell them how to lie and how to <laughs> behave and not do what they want and do what they're supposed to and blah blah blah. But that there's this like little golden period where they're just like meh. And I, 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 just, yeah. I love that. You know, I look at babies and they're just like, mm. they're just doing their thing. You know, and I love that. I, re- I really, there's a purity there for me. It is. They are. This show just got really, really sort of PG just now. <laughs> what do you think, darling? <laughs> oh, she answered me. There you go. Look at that. What a good, ge- what a good guest. We're gonna have her back on. It's a home Just simple lines intertwining, you know, very much like I'm really influenced by Mozart and Bach, and it's sort of in between though. It's really, it's like a Mach piece, really. It's, what do you call this? Well, this piece is called uh, "Lick My Love Pump." So, Adam, tell us a little bit about your about your music. You've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, I've been playing guitar. I think longer than I haven't at this point. So that's kind of cool. I think I started when I was like 13 or so, and uh, I've seen you. You're a talented motherfucker <laughs> thanks buddy well uh I, I just i love it it's it's honestly what makes me tick you know if it wasn't for i think playing guitar i i just don't know what i would do with my life even though i'm super happy with you know the kid and the wife and all that it's but interesting I've, I've heard several guitarists echo that sentiment yeah in the same it, way yeah it really is uh you know playing guitar for me is perfect for any emotion i'm feeling you know if i'm happy it just makes me happier if i'm not feeling so good it can turn my mood around and just uh it's it's life for me that, that's what it is so yeah cathartic yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it's uh yeah it is and i mean listening to it uh, there's always music on uh, actually uh sonia had made a, a little playlist even for um, the pregnancy oh, uh, that's when, yeah when she was like pushing and everything so in the hospital while she was pushing the, our daughter out there we actually had like all of her favorite tunes on this playlist playing over a nice little speaker and everything and oh that's so smart we had, yeah we had Clapton Zeppelin wicked and, uh, nice. you know all the stuff and it was nice and I actually I asked her after if she really heard it or not and she was like yeah in between the pushes it really sort of helped me focus again because uh, I was grooving to it but <laughs> I wasn't sure if she a was. lot of very guitar heavy uh, uh, music some there? yes some no I mean as Sonia has an awesome taste in music like that's probably a bit more broad than mine because obviously being a guitar player you tend to sort of <laughs> i guess scoff at certain things but is that a thing uh i think so but uh, she's gotten me you know reminding me that hey it's it's not the only kind of music check it all out so mm-hmm. it was it was a lot of different tunes on there but uh yeah it was cool to hear our daughter being born to like you know zeppelin and <laughs> joe plaskett and that's great sort of these things uh so yeah it's similar been, uh, whales to a baby and, and <laughs> yeah yeah and, you know most people have the uh really calm or wind blowing or waves or something and no sonya had the the rock and roll i'm immediately <laughs> picturing like immigrant song <laughs> <laughs> ah, 
well, it sounded like the girl screaming from across the hallway right. a little bit, like you guys heard before. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, That's epic. Why, why yeah. did you, I mean, why, but uh, how did you come about picking up a guitar? It was just one of those things? Uh, well, I was <laughs> watching TV uh, as a young strapping lad, I guess, at around like 12 or 13. And they were actually, believe it or not, having an infomercial for compact discs. Which is what a CD is, if people, you know, trivia right <coughs> yeah, there. Yeah, they used but, to call them that. Yeah, they, when they were actually called, you know, so they were doing these, like, listen to how good the compact disc sounds compared to a record, which obviously is really funny now. Or a cassette tape. Yeah, but yeah. for me, it's the reverse. The record sound way better than a CD does. For sure. Which stands for compact disc. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they actually had this one, and it was uh, for Sunshine of Your Love and Cream, and they just kept playing that. Jack Bruce's bass kicks in and everything, you know? And I was just watching that, and I... I don't know. I'm like, fuck, that's cool. It hit you. I wanted... Whatever that is, sound, I want to be able to do it. And uh, my uncle, uh, kind of a vagabond kind of guy, but he uh, was just about to move in with us for a little while because he was in between whatever, and he's a fantastic guitar player. And we had this old beat-up, like, Mexican toy guitar somewhere in the basement i just grabbed it and had no idea what i was doing and then my uncle moved in and sort of told my mom hey, it looks like you know adam's playing that piece of crap guitar and if he's gonna stick with that i mean i think you should give him a real one because that thing's unplayable and then he was there at the right time and what was his name uh uncle ricky uncle let's hear it for uncle ricky man all right thanks for all, uh, for all the uncle rickies out the, there <laughs> thanks uncle ricky. ricky but uh wish i had an uncle ricky <laughs> <laughs> well i mean that's obviously his best quality was that moment but he's kind of an estranged member of the family yeah. <laughs> but yeah. uh it seems like a, a lot of um, musical people who got into it early on they had some family member or some friend that gave them that first instrument yeah you know and yeah, it really something. like it really sticks yeah it, you know, it's this, it did it's it this did. moment like yeah. danny, pivotal moment danny's story is about um your aunt giving him kind of a little casio keyboard oh and yeah like uh, she had a guitar too and yeah. like you know yeah and then he just went from there yeah yeah, yeah for sure but, that, but too, that, yeah. that'll that'll stick with you for the rest of your life you know it's like yeah. best gift ever i think yeah. is what he said yeah well it did for me and uh so that you know that's where it started you never look back from that point no as as they say it was the beginning of the end i guess okay <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm sure i'm sure it was not unattractive to the female population Guy with um, guitar. That's always worked out. <laughs> yeah, guitar players tend to do pretty well with they the ladies. Yeah, yeah, that's what a lot of guitar players tell me. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, <laughs> I think I was honestly never. You have a baby, dude. I yeah yeah. <laughs> I mean, so it worked. It, it worked, but I don't know if it was that that did it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I I always uh, just really liked to play. Like I was never interested in in those. That wasn't parts the thing. Of it, I guess yeah. on it, like oddly enough, and uh, you know, I went through different cycles of life where i was completely single and depressed and this and this and even when i did shows i still never picked up on that even though other people would tell me like no groupies like they they wanted to be apparently and i just never really saw it because i just wanted to play and then did you get into bands right away or um no well i guess so i mean we had the high school band and uh, actually pretty good lead-off question that you probably didn't know but uh the first guy i ever played guitar with was uh you know jeremy lear who was now known as the king for both his first name of king jeremy pearl jam and Holy shit. king lear of shakespeare so we uh you know we call him the king he was the first guy and he he, he bought a bass because 
everybody around us played guitar. So obviously, being a smart man back in high school, oh, fuck, if I'm going to play in a band, I better pick an instrument no one else has so I can play with everybody, you know? <laughs> so he picked up the bass. He and just rode uh, that E for a while. <laughs> yeah, he just, he just hammered that E chord out, you know? Like, doom, 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 doom. It worked perfectly because nobody knew what an E chord was in high school, so yeah. it just whatever. And... Uh, he used to come over and he, of course, could afford a bass, but I had the acoustic guitar and, you know, and he didn't realize that, oh shit, it's got to plug into something, but he didn't have the money for an amp. So it's like, he'd play, but no one could hear him, you know, so maybe he was horrible. I don't know, but he'd play. And at home, it'd be funny. I'd have to go. I think the first song we learned was maybe White Room or Plush. We were working on those two tunes. They don't resemble each other, but, uh, so I think we were playing White Room and, so Jeremy tells my mom, Brenda, Brenda, come over here for a second. She's like, cool, She's like, you got to listen to this jam. Adam, go downstairs. I'm like, what? So I went in the basement, and he said, you start playing, and I'll just join in. So I was playing, so you can hear me from the basement. But because he had no amp, he had my mom put her head onto his bass, and he was playing the bass line. Oh, man, so I she's like, that. oh, <laughs> I can hear it. And uh, so Jeremy and I, you know, we both influenced by the same guys. After high school, we went our separate ways didn't really talk too too much and we always ran into each other and recently i decided to contact him through one good thing about facebook is sometimes you can get a hold of people and i said you're still playing man i'm looking for a bass player and just miss you you've always been a you know good person and uh he said fuck yeah i'm still playing let's get together so he got together and it was as if we all learned the same things on the opposite sides and now coming back and it was like we don't even have to talk when we're playing it's perfect it's there and he's actually on lightning in a bottle that's him it's it's basically as you can tell more of a bass driven song because he plays rhythm and lead on the bass like a you know guitar player could and, almost like uh, cliff burton kind of vibe <laughs> yeah yeah he can i mean he can he's the funkiest guy he can just lay down a beat he can i can play a rhythm and he can solo and you're you blow your socks off Love you know that. so uh, so that main riff you're hearing on lightning there it's basically all driven by his bass playing and so that's that's where he came in the fold and of course our singer uh johnny there he uh he's been a friend of mine for maybe 15 years we used to work together at iTech hockey company and we had a little iTech hockey band called the one-timers <laughs> uh, then we played in their show so we kind of got screwed out of the name you know we got two timers now yeah. uh, but Sloppy he's seconds. Uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a bar band name definitely you're not getting out of the bar no yeah. No, 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 that's uh, it. You're done. With a sloppy seconds. <laughs> yeah, obviously cover band two timers. Yeah. Um, so and and he he always played like in cover bands, and I always was more enthralled by originals. And were you we, were you writing? I guess that's an important question I have for you. Is, did you get the uh, instinct to want to create your own music um, right from the start? Or yeah, uh, I think so. Like I, I just I like to do anything really, and uh, being a huge Clapton nut, I just try to learn all his stuff and everything, and then. Uh, would go from there and i yeah i always wanted to kind of do my own thing even though because not everybody gets that urge right some some people just um they uh they they get very centered on the instrument yeah and the you know covers and i I want to replicate people like yeah a lot of people want to just replicate i want to sound like him and i want to play his songs and they become session musicians yeah which is fantastic fantastic. like uh, i mean there's you can make some good coin it's like a mathematical approach to music i and i maybe maybe I, i don't know what i'm talking about but i feel like it's like a uh, a while ago, we talked about the types of intelligence is that uh, there are new theories on how people, um, how your intelligence works. And so it sounds to me how like a person with gr- a great uh, uh, tactile manual c- 
kind of a, a logical combination of intelligences would approach an instrument versus someone who is very imaginative and very tonal yeah. and really in touch with the with the with the soundscapes and yeah. that that might lead you to want to create new ones create and experiment more and uh well i mean i've had so many interesting conversations with your bro about that where he seems on that vein too where it's hold on there's for him there's more to it and that's what i think shout out to danny yeah shout danny, out to danny danny we'll uh, have you guys back on together yeah that'd be, that'd be great you guys man. Keep talk shop yeah yeah um but i think that's that's where it went and that's what i love about music is that it's it, you know when i was learning of course i was in i was in a box if it wasn't this music it's no good but as you mature, hopefully, I think that's what makes an artist, one who actually matures and realizes there's more to it than the box. And that's what I love about music. It, you know, I don't think there should be awards for music. I don't think there should be like, oh, he's the best. He has nothing to do with that. It's sometimes a certain note hits you, a certain sound hits you, and you love it, and there's no real reason for it. You know, it's like uh, measuring art. Who's yeah. to say this guy's better than this guy? It's just what do you like? And right, but I, I guess it, like I guess it's more for the listeners that that these things come into being, right? Yeah. Because um, it's a very unique state of being to be able to understand and interpret and share this kind of vibe yeah. with other musicians. Yeah. But the, for the rest of us, we are just on the receiving end of the stuff, and um, you know. It, it does incredible things to us, too, as listeners, right? Yeah, well, I mean, that opening riff that I heard for that compact disc commercial, it was just notes that I was on the receiving end of that. You're and still all, talking about it. <laughs> yeah, and really, that was that was it, you know? Yeah. So uh, what's nice about um, this new The Janko Brothers project is I've got my, you know, first time <laughs> guy I ever played music with back in the fold 20-odd years later. Beautiful. And I've got this wonderful uh, friend who, you know, we've always crossed paths here and there, in and out. He would come and try something that wouldn't quite work, timing, I'd go there. And all of a sudden, just timing's right. And now we're writing our own stuff as Lightning in the Bottle's a little example. And some of it's very, you know, kind of just groovy like this one. And then there's other ones where there's, you know, big solos. And, and he's, uh, there's no harp in this one, but he's a hell of a harmonica player too. So we really, really delve into like... Some cool bluesy stuff uh -huh. and uh, some of that Neil and, Young type of deal. Uh, more, more bluesy, like more, bluesy. more uh, yeah. like maybe Little Walter kind of stuff, okay. or uh, like the old school Howlin' Wolf kind of kind of beats. And um, uh, but we're trying to find like trying to bring that back, but put our own twist on it because right. you know we don't want to copy anybody, but you kind of can't help it. You know, like your influences. Sure. If your influences make you up, then you. You're going to be borrowing you, you here and there. You can't, you can't uh, deny yeah. your roots and your yeah. inspirations, right? But you got to take it out. I feel like, if, especially if it's blues, like you got to, if you want to move past the bar band mm -hmm. stage, at some point you have to almost abandon a little bit of the blues sound. Yeah, it, it's so it's so immediately um, bar sound. Yeah, and I you can hear certain uh, bands where you they, like. They, I think this was hard actually about the blues or any kind of music you jump into is a certain genre is. There's only so much you can do with it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 12 bars blues. So that's always, to me, the best musicians who can somehow take that 12 bar blues and somehow make it sound different. Well, like, you know, I don't know if this is a good example, but like Blue Rodeo, for instance. Yeah. They kind of started out as a as a blues band, from what I understand. No? They, they play I'm, a lot of blues? I'm not familiar with their older uh, stuff, but mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, they... So you can hear it in their guitar playing. Yeah. There's a lot of blues influence. The influence there. is yeah. always there, no yeah. matter what. You hear it in metal. I listen to well, a lot of metal. Yeah. Kurt Hammond, he says he's a blues player. Yeah. Well, Kurt Satriani Hammond. was his his, his yeah. teacher. Oh, that's right, eh? Right. Yeah. And Satch was 
originally a blue sky. Steve Vai, like it, it's all there, but it, it's a source for yeah. a lot of them. But if you stay in that world, then you kind of uh, it, it takes you, it keeps you into a, in a certain niche, right? Yeah, you're gonna for sure. tour. You're like, you guys remember uh, Johnny Lang? Oh man, I just saw him actually. Really? I, I've, I'm wondering yeah. what happened to him. So I went to see uh, Buddy Guy, who just came to Metropolis, you know, Blues Masters. I mean, the guy's I think 75, and he's he'll blow anybody out of the water. Yeah. And it was uh, it was billed as Johnny Lang and Buddy Guy, so I thought it was Johnny Lang opening for Buddy Guy, right. you know. And then there was another. Uh, I think it was actually was it maybe Shane Murphy opening. I don't know. I was just shocked. Like, where's Johnny Lang? What happened? You know. And um, so Buddy Guy comes out. What's happening? I was really looking forward to see Johnny Lang. It was a killer album when he was sixteen. Yeah, he was sixteen. That yeah. was he was the first yeah. kind of boy you know. wonder of blues. Yeah, right? and and he was taken under his wing. Yeah, buddy yeah. guy took him. But I I don't even know. I think he had to ask his mom if he could take him on tour because his mom wanted to finish school, or whatever. And, and uh, he was sixteen at the time. Yeah, yeah he yeah. was sixteen when he cut that album. Yeah. Buddy yeah, guy so apparently <laughs> uh, they were like. Blues, some blues purists were mad. I think at buddy guy or something like. How can you take this young white? Blonde kid, you know, blonde sixteen-year-old kid on tour, and buddy guy is so cool. He's like, hey man, if you got five fingers, everyone's always has some blues. So what's the problem? Yeah, you know, like it's no big Mm -hmm. deal. Kids got fucking soul. He was like a protege. Oh my god, like yeah. So he he was for me. I'm like, who's this guy? And at the time, I guess I was probably around the same age. I'm like, right? But you know why? How old is he now? I think he's mid thirties. Really? Okay, so he's about our age. Yeah, and he so all of a sudden, buddy guy's playing, and maybe about eight songs in or half an hour in, he's running Johnny Lang. Shit, Johnny Lang's gonna play with Buddy Guy. Oh my God, he was like tearing it up. I was like, why aren't you playing a show on your own? What happened? And and then I don't know. He played like three songs and he fucked off. And I uh, guess he's just he's just at this point he's uh, he's not in a hurry. You know? No, I think he he's made his fine. albums, made some coin, had his family. Like I think he just. I mean, you know, if you're again, there's musicians who play to be stars and fame and all that, yeah. and there's musicians who just sort of. You, see, play, it. you, you know? see it in blues, you see it in jazz. Like yeah. uh, when the heavy hitters get on stage with each other, it's like the crowd's there, but they're just smiling and l- looking at each other the whole time. Yeah. Right? The band members. And they're yeah. like, oh shit, you just did. Like, we don't even know what's no, going on between it. them psychologically. It's just right? this crazy, uh, that's jamming, you know? Yeah. And that's uh, that's what I love about this, uh, Jeremy, the bass player in this band, is he and I are both jammers. Like, we'll get the song and then we want to expand it. And what's great is, you know, John's now jumping on board with that because he was used to covers where it was you know kind of like this or kind of like this but we know each other so well that that's already starting to happen after i don't know maybe like maybe a few months of playing i'm playing with john for a long long time but this project started almost a year ago which just mean him as a duo playing blues and stuff and sit down acoustic and uh and then you know the bass player came in and sort of opened up the door a little bit and now we're getting involved in like, you know, we were joking about just just hit that E for a little while. Because that's, you know, like John Lee Hooker, I think, you know, most of his reason. albums are all in E and he never changes. And somehow it's just, how can you play that E chord? So let me let me from Motorhead. I, I, oh, I listened yeah. to his last interview, one of his last interviews uh, on the uh, the Jasta show, which is a podcast I've been sort of checking out. And uh, they're like, yeah, I, I fucking didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. Somebody just handed me a bass. Yeah. And, he just, and they're like, dude, you are a rock star. You just don't know it and yeah you'd be like what why they're like dude trust us you're the <laughs> you fucking coolest it. guy in this room just yeah. just go with this and and he never looked back and yeah. he just uh he chilled Pro- on that probably for the uh, probably the coolest guy wherever he is now too oh yeah you know like he's, he's just, running the yeah, place he... and it's so interesting to hear all the the comments coming out of uh pope his his, his after his death because you hear a range of people talking about yeah. him right everyone from some johnny come lately who 
was there on one tour and, and yeah. got to talk to him for 10 minutes all the way to you know guys from Aerosmith guys from the old days uh, Gene Simmons who is an egomaniac yeah. but he had when they asked about Lemmy he sounded like a, a little boy okay. he's like this is the coolest <laughs> motherfucker I have ever met yeah and everyone has a different story either that he's really <laughs> wise either that he's he was really sneaky <laughs> and he you know or um how like the botchery and then some other person will say he was secretly the smartest person ever yeah. in rock and roll yeah and that people forget that this guy started out uh, playing uh in uh for for Jimi hendrix oh yeah uh, or no sorry not Jimi hendrix uh was it little richard called? little richard okay. yeah so he actually saw the birth of rock and roll wow. he witnessed it he was a backup band guy for little richard he got to see that's how he fell in love with the music in the first yeah. place and then he got he literally got learned at the at the birthplace of rock and roll and then hawkwind hawkwind oh my that god all, yeah all that stuff you know so yeah. um but uh, he was always a, he just saw himself as a bassist he always did yeah and yeah. uh he you know he was like yeah there's nothing wrong with that e Oh. I never, I never, uh, never look back on that. You know? Yeah, he did um, this cool album with uh, uh, the Hebcats, mm-hmm. and he did like Americana, like covered Elvis and all these like tunes. And he probably fucking met Elvis. Oh yeah, yeah, right? yeah. El- Elvis, Elvis probably loved him. <laughs> yeah, or he punched him out. <laughs> yeah, but these great stories with him, uh, without wanting to go off on a complete tangent about. Him inviting over, how he would just invite people to his dressing room all the time. He just be like, yeah, man, yeah. He'd be yeah. like, oh, is this your lovely wife? Yeah, all right, guys, come on, come and see me after the show. Like, let's let's yeah. hang out. And uh, one of the guys at his funeral was like, yeah. So I bring my wife, and we knock on the door, and the door like slams open, and there's three topless girls <laughs> just standing there, like these these strippers with the g strings. <laughs> He's like. In the background is a table with like a mound of coke, pills, <laughs> a bongs, yeah. bottles of Jack, Whatever. and let me standing there in a towel, like wrapped around his head, like you know, like a <laughs> like a lady with the like over his head, yeah, yeah. And he just like he's lighting a cigarette and he sees them and he's like, close the fucking door, and they <laughs> slam the door shut and you hear all this this yeah. like scrambling and then the door opens again and the coke's gone, the pills are gone, <laughs> the girls have shirts on and they're off in the corner. Yeah, he's dressed. And he's like, oh. Come on Coming in. Would in you now. like some tea? Yeah. <laughs> like he was super polite. Yeah. But at the same time, he lived the life. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To the core. Yeah. Never looked back. You know. Yeah. He, he loved so his. Cool. He loved his music and. Uh, so this band was kind of what you're saying is, Jenko uh, um, is just kind of it was almost meant to be. Oh, it I feel like that it. it seemed like how it all uh, kind of got together was, you know, a little cosmic just in terms of like I said my, my buddy came out of the woodwork and haven't seen him in like twenty odd years and. We picked up almost right where we left off and uh, one of the main reasons I actually started playing with Johnny uh, was uh, I had a pretty crazy head incident so I, I was left with this you know still suffering a bit from it now but this crazy uh, concussion almost a year ago and this goes back to your work in the juvenile detention yeah okay. exactly so um, uh, what had happened was uh, Johnny was supposed to have a show with the band he was with at the time and whatever happened it didn't work out and the band couldn't play anymore so they they split up, whatever, and he was still going to do the show on his own. And, you know, whatever. He plays guitar, acoustic guitar, and, I mean, he'll tell you. I'm not saying anything you won't, but he'll tell you, yeah, he plays, but he would rather not. He'd rather concentrate on singing and playing the harmonica. And, you know, so before I got drilled in the head, I uh, told him, well, listen, I'll come. I mean, I can come up and sit and play some songs. So he was going to play with his brother, who is uh, a little shout-out to Tom, his brother there. He's a 
phenomenal guitar player, great singer. And his his dad, John Sr., is, I mean, you know, Johnny Cash style, plays like rockabilly style. Oh, like shit. Ella. So I love that. We have a blast. Oh, my goodness. I thought this was on silent. That's Sorry, okay. boys. That's all right. It is on silent. <laughs> oh, speak of the devil. That's actually my bass player. Boom. Isn't that fun? <laughs> Destiny <laughs> continues. Fire in the hole. Put him on, man. Let's put him on. We got an extra mic. Get over here, Jeremy. Oh, you... You'll love to talk to this guy. He's uh, he's cosmic as they come. Uh, so Next time. Let's make that a date. Yeah, yeah. we'll have a good time. Uh, so because of the head thing, I uh, I was going to play with him, but then I got drilled in the head like almost a month before the show was supposed to happen. And, and I was, I mean, an invalid to say the best. Yeah, maybe, maybe to give uh, listeners like a context here. Yeah. Um, um, would you mind sort of break, bringing us through how that actual accident happened? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I was, uh, I worked for a, a youth family center with uh, basically juvenile kids in the ages of uh, 13 to 18. We're talking extreme cases here? Yeah. So the, basically the kids who can't sort of, for one reason or another, stay in a, in a group home in the city, they get sent up, you know, to a higher security place, which is where I work. Uh, and this place happened to be like a real lockdown uh, facility and everything and there was a crazy crisis going on and sometimes you have to do physical interventions which is a part of the job but it's not a part of the job anybody likes but you know you do it and comes with the territory yeah i've done countless like this was like i mean you never want to call them routine but this was kind of a routine thing that i've done many times and uh there was a, a an adolescent in major crisis and uh they had to be physically restrained which I'm not the first guy involved in that, but I'm like the second guy. So there's security, me, and then the workers sort of thing. So, all right. So all hell breaks loose. Those two teams go. Yeah. They still like need help. Situation. You yeah. break out of the yeah. booth and you come and help them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. It's. I mean, these kids live in basically a, a house that's just really secured, you know? So, uh, so security was there and I was assisting security because they needed my help. And uh, when they were taking this client finally like away uh, they had to be handcuffed and everything, the client. and uh, Interesting, you call them a client. Why is that? Yeah, well, because they tell me to, even though I hate it. Because okay. they're not clients, they're people. <laughs> but what, what is the mentality behind that? Why are they clients? Are they, They're not paying for this service? Yeah, they are. The, well, it depends. Sometimes they're sent there, and sometimes they're forced to go there. So okay, and is that a more I, respectful way to refer to them than like than kids? I guess or it's yeah, our prisoner or something yeah, like our, that. Yeah, it's our it's our politically correct, maybe overly politically correct world we live in now, where you can't get involved. Y- yeah, so you don't want to uh, you want to create a, a link yeah. Or, you know, like I never really called them that, and I sort, like uh, yeah. yeah, like inmates, not prisoners. Yeah, or not well, people. well, they're not. It's not a prison, right? They're not in prison, so. I guess client is like your. I just thought it was odd. Okay, it is. It is odd, and actually, now that you say it, that's you know, eight years of saying it, I re- I forgot how odd that actually is to say. It's like patient, I guess, like to be able to create yeah. a distance between like the caregiver, sure, and the recipient. Yeah. I suppose. But I mean, if yeah. you were to do this in a hospital, it'd be you'd be like what? <laughs> or well, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. nurse would say school. like, oh, the patient, the patient. In, in this room. Yeah, that's a good way to know, put it. The client. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess it's somewhat similar. Okay, yeah. so this is a boy or girl? Uh, I probably shouldn't say just okay. because. Uh, yeah, yeah, because it has to be okay. kind of confidential. So but this uh, individual, this young young yeah, person, this this, this goes this ballistic. Youth, adolescent, youth, adolescent youth uh, goes 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 ballistic. Who was? Yeah, well, I mean, it was a sad situation. It was a, like a suicide uh, sort of situation. So we were actually restraining them for their own well-being. Um, and then what happened was 
I was on their legs, like holding their legs down, like they were face down on the floor. And I was on their legs because, you know, they start kicking. Well, the other three people, so we were four people there. Well, the other three people were holding the head down and their arms so that they wouldn't bash their head on the floor and stuff. So it was like quite intense, you know. And uh, so they, they pull their hands out from underneath because they're laying on their hands. So they pull them out and they handcuff them. So then what they normally do is then lift them up and then walk forward. So the guy on their legs just rolls off and He's gone. everything's okay. You know, and then we bring them down to the security area. And that's where my job actually is. Once we're in the security area, I'm the one who does the clinical work and the therapeutic work. and Talks them down. Kind of, yeah, when they're ready to talk, we talk together. And then when they're feeling good, then I call their home people that work in their home and say, okay, I think they're ready to talk it out. Let's figure it out. And then we get them back to where they got to go, right? Uh, so what happened was we didn't realize we were so close to the corner of the room they were in that when they went to bring this the youth, I was going to say client again, with the youth forward, there was no room to go forward. So they kind of pushed themselves off the wall and they all went backwards. But I was still lying on the ground because usually they go forward and I roll back. But they just ended up holding the youth up in the air and their feet were dangling maybe six inches, four inches off the ground because they had them lifted up. But they were still in crisis mode, so they just started thumpering and kicking away with their feet. Like, let me go, get off, get off, get off. And while they were thumpering and kicking, it was against you, my head. You got trampled. Yeah, yeah. So I was maybe like, I don't know, say six or seven good shots from... Jesus. Now, the good news is like I was facing down, so I kind of put my arms up. and But I mean, I, I felt them. I just like, what's, you know, what's going on up there? And I think another worker kind of grabbed my legs and sort of slid me out of there. And then I, you know, helped finished off and brought them down to the. Okay, computer. you were like, okay, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, but the other people were looking at me with uh, sort of like, holy shit, dude, are you okay? Well, yeah, like just your adrenaline's going, I guess. Mm. And then it was right at the end of my shift too. I worked until 11:30 that night, so it was like I think this happened at 11:20 when I got the call. So t- ten more minutes, you know. And then I, uh, you know, kind of made my way home, and I tried to write down everything that happened, but I already was like wait a second, you know, something's not working too well here. So I just wrote, you know, kicked in the head, whatever, and went home. What do you, what do you mean? It was You were having trouble writing? Yeah, I was already feeling like I couldn't quite, I just wanted to go home. Like I, I couldn't deal with the paperwork. And I mean, I was also a bit frazzled by what happened and, and more so like, wow, that the, the client was, re- was in really bad shape when I kind of... You were stunned a little bit. Yeah, like just, geez, they're not having a good day. That's too bad. And, you know, so it's kind of heavy and... Uh, so I, I made my way home. Uh, my lovely partner, Sonia, there, she was uh, on a flight, I believe, or on vacation, not vacation. I think she had a flight and was going to stay longer to kind of like turn it into a little mini vacation. So she wasn't home. And uh, so I drove home and then, geez, that's a, you know, it's, about, it's about an hour away from where I live. So about a half an hour into the drive, I noticed, okay, I'm starting to feel a little nauseous and getting a little dizzy and my head's really hurting. I'm not a guy who gets headaches like barely ever so it was kind of an odd feeling and i said well i'm not going to go to emergency now because they're probably going to tell me i have a concussion so I'd, i'll just wait till tomorrow and yeah you, you had kind of a feeling that that was it yeah i had a concussion like 10 or 15 years ago playing softball believe it or not i just ran into somebody's i dove into somebody and yeah, they dove into me yeah <laughs> yeah you know uh so i'm like okay it kind of seems similar to that there but uh so when i woke up the next day i was and apparently that's the thing too with concussions is if you get a concussion once then you're way more likely to get the concussion the next time. Yeah, and right? I you're think they're worse and worse from what I'm 
yeah. reading, you know, because certainly these, in sports that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and all these and people don't realize how out. messed up concussions are. I, you know, people, I, at least for for me, before hearing some of these stories, yeah. it's like, whoa, well, concussion is like, oh, you got an owie, you get ringed, you know, and, uh, yeah, lie down for well, a bit, you know, you know, you hear that, yeah, don't don't let them go to sleep, and put then, some ice on it, yeah, yeah, and then like, they'll, okay. they'll be okay in a week. Yeah, sort of thing, but well, that's not the you case. Know, some people are, I guess, and other people like. I mean, this is all new for me too, so it's it's quite interesting, and it's interesting and not interesting because it's happening to you know, it's happening to you. You're sort of trying to, you just want it to be over with. But uh, so I went to see the doctor the next day, my doctor who was super close to my home, so it's like perfect, and he just kind of you know looked at me with a, okay, we'll see you in in two weeks. Like you, you just just don't do anything basically just you know turn off all the lights and just sort of you can rest everything's okay and you know we'll see in two weeks because sometimes two weeks later you are fine but they did diagnose the concussion right yeah so yeah you see he the reason why i don't talk much about what he said to me is because i honestly don't really remember (laughs) yes it's like i I remember yeah i remember going and i remember him uh i remember him asking me to lie down on my back on the table and I was lying down on my stomach, and he kept saying, "I don't know your back, your back." And I'm like, "Yeah, I, I don't understand. I, I'm on my, you know, like I'm doing what you're telling me to." And he's like, "Okay, just get off it. It's Holy fine. Shit. Like, just come back in two weeks. You're you're too messed up now, whatever." Wow. So uh, the two weeks later is when he did like even more tests, and he's like, "Okay, no, this is this is not good, you know, because I was having crazy headaches." Um, my wife came home one night, and for about 45 seconds, I was staring at her, petrified, because I had no idea who it was. I thought it was a friend of mine who has a child, and I was petrified because the friend was there without the child, and I thought something had happened to the child. Oh, no. You know, so it's just like, and Sonia actually had, like, looked at me and was like... You're looking at your own wife, and you can't, yeah, you can't I tell I didn't know her. who she was. And she said, uh, Adam, you know, like, you all right? And I was just, like, staring at her, and... Uh, she said, it's me, it's Sonia, it's your wife. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. Like, as if I... <laughs> Suddenly, you just got came yeah. back. Okay. Yeah, and she's like, do you realize what just happened? I'm like, Jesus, that no. would freak me. Like, I, I'm, I'm just putting myself in her shoes right now. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 that would... Oh, man. Yeah, it was... That would me- freak me out. Well, the, the, the crazy thing is, like, so she was gone for two weeks when it happened. Uh, so I was alone for two weeks. And I, I don't suppose you know how crazy you are when there's nobody else around to point it out, <laughs> you know? So I was like all alone, just whatever. I'm I'm like... You're not uh, working at this point. No, no, I was off. This was the first two weeks. So yeah. not working, nowhere to go. Of course, I don't understand because I have a really good supporting family, mom, brother, father. Like, And for some reason, I know they called and stuff, but I just... It was what like... It's really like just fuck off i don't want to i don't want to talk to anybody it hurts too much i can't concentrate i can't remember anything i really don't know what's happening i was waking up at weird times of the day weird times of the night like nothing made sense it's kind of like uh somebody just shuffled your cards yeah perfect like the eggs were scrambled it's like you're kind of really hammered but hung over your worst hangover at the same time. Oh so God. you're like, you're confused. You're, you don't know what's going on. You're starving, but you're not hungry. Your head's killing you. You just want to take Advil. You, and, but nothing works. And I think the worst part is you can't, you can't do anything to relax. Like, you know, when you're not doing well, if you're sick, what do you do? 
Yeah. Uh, maybe watch a hockey game. Get on a video game. You know, play some video games. For me, it's guitar playing. <laughs> Coming back to the, you know, oh, the yeah, story. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, so what happened with that? Were, were you not even were you able to pick that up? Well, I think the first two weeks, no. The first month, no. It was just like I, I couldn't be bothered. and But my fingers were able to do it. I just like five minutes and then I have to stop, you know. But it's just rest and sleep. And it's so boring. And you can't read. You can't. I'm a huge like like reading, especially comics. So the only thing I could oh, do was, uh, was comics because I could... Oh, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's there's less words and it's pictures, right? So yeah. you can kind of... But even that was like, okay, I'm, you know... You just couldn't handle any mental work for a while. Yeah. I remember that, reading a story about... Uh, actually hearing the, the story about uh, somebody who had had the concussion. They were in that same situation. They were at home. They, they couldn't watch, like, new stuff. Like, if they were, like, if they were to watch, like, a... A show or something. Yeah, they didn't. They they couldn't really understand like a news story, but they could go Makes back sense. to something okay. that they had already read. So like a comic book, let's say that yeah. you'd already read before. That makes sense. You could go yeah. and you could read an old comic and, like, re- and again and enjoy it. it. Yeah, that makes sense because that's what I started doing. Because I only had comics that I've read. Old comics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Like I, I I couldn't go out and buy new ones. I couldn't drive, <laughs> so right. I was like, okay. okay. So I would. That makes sense, and I was able to do that. And, uh, like, this happened November 9th, uh, 2014. So hmm. it was a year and a few months ago now. And I'm still feeling... Almost a year to the birth of your, uh, your yeah, daughter. Yeah, it was a weird, you know, having our child. It was a very strange, like, kind of, okay, well, let's make this time better for us. So don't forget about it. Um, and I recently did kind of jumping over the place, which I tend to do now because of my short circuits are kind of scrambled, but... This is um, how I am normally, so I'm a little worried now. <laughs> <laughs> did you bang? Did you bang your head or anything? Maybe. Did anybody kick I'll you in the that. head repeatedly? I have no. I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Concussed. I, I wouldn't rule it out. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I'm. You're like a concussed guy. He's telling me about himself. He sounds a lot like me, <laughs> and I, I didn't have a concussion. Like, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, but see, were you always kind of like that? I think so. Okay. See, I wasn't. So okay. that's the big thing. There's, there's a clear. That was the big shift. There's a clear cut difference of. Before the concussion and after. You so you've changed. You know yeah. that for a fact. Yeah. Okay. For sure. For sure. And because uh, you don't seem that different. Yeah, uh, Richard, I, you I have been to say, a good because I knew uh, you pre-concussion. Too. Yeah. Post-concussion. It's it's coming back a lot more now. But what it is that I guess I'm getting used to maybe hiding or or not showing is uh, like during the times I'm doing stuff, it's not so bad. But when I go home, I'm going to be wiped out from this. Hmm. Which is odd because, like, this is, I mean, we're just sitting here chatting okay, and but having it's a, a beer, which is which, great. Okay. But it, it won't affect me until probably maybe when I get home. Okay. And then you're just going to go. I'll just be super tired and probably get a headache, business. like a, a, a nagging headache. Huh. And, and just things get, uh, things foggy. just get foggy, scrambly. And, and I get uh, one thing that is very different for me is I'm a very patient human being. And I'm not an anxious person at all. I'm now, my patience is very, like, low most of the times, and I've become very, like, anxious, and, ang- like, even to the point of some people maybe said, maybe there's some medication you can take for the anxiety. I'm like, no, no, I don't, I'm not a, Fuck that. I don't want to do that, like, I'd rather work through it, but those are new, new challenges, new challenges for me, yeah, that yeah. I haven't had before, and, uh, but you are, you are making, a, like, if I take you back a year, Let's oh say my, take you huge back. Huge difference. Huge difference. So yeah. you have made a lot of uh, yeah, progress. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's progressing. Things. It's progressing apparently normally, 
But the thing is, the progression is not known to a lot of people, so they don't realize that a year and a bit is normal for some people. So you have certain people kind of like, well, you're fine, what's the matter with you, i.e. some of my work doctors right. uh, who are obviously pushing like, you, so like get you're back fine, on, you're get fine, back you're in fine, the saddle, you know? Right. Uh, but my neurologist, my GP, they're, they know, they, they can tell something's not right. And I recently, um, see, I'm already forgetting somebody said something, but uh, I just recently saw a neurocognitive psychiatrist. I think that's what it was. Mm -hmm. And it was like this crazy, like three hour test. So this was like uh, two weeks after Lena was born. Uh, So I went to go check it out because my neuro said the physicalities is really good for you. Like, I think it's coming along really well. You seem, you know, your motor skills are there, obviously you can still play guitar which is great and all these things and the headaches have come down quite a bit thank god for that yeah and he said like what's still kind of bothering you and and the the thing he told me which really shocked me was you're going to have a very hard time multitasking and i know a lot of the women out there are going to be like yeah men can't multitask (laughs) Uh you know but but really multitasking meaning when you're washing the dishes and you're listening to music you might not be able to do that for a while that's multitasking. You're actually doing two things. And of course, musician, music's on all the time for me. Like I, I can't do anything without music on. And that is exactly what's going on. I was like washing dishes with the music on and I headache. You I couldn't off. finish. Yeah. I'd get mad at like the dishes and like oh, oh, there's so many dishes and I couldn't put things away. Like I'd wash dishes and then Sony would have to wash them again because she's like, you didn't wash any of them. Like, what are you talking about? You're just rinsing them. And- yeah. You just, you know, and, uh, so he said, you know, multitasking might be very hard for you. And I told him, yeah, I do this, this, and this, and then my headaches come back. And he said, well, go see this uh, cognitive psychiatrist. He's going to run you through some tests, and he, he'll be able to document the inner parts of your working brain. Amazing. That's wild. Yeah, it, it's interesting, you know. But Yet another profession that, like, hats off. I, can't, I don't know how, right? And, of course, you're thinking, you know, he has so many tests and questions that, because obviously people in my position might try to fake stuff so they can be off work. Because I'm still off work, which is fantastic. Because I don't know how I can work, honestly, right now. And uh, so people try to fake it. This and this. So the tests are done, you know, to make sure, okay, if he's faking it, we'll know. So, and I'm not faking that. I want to be better. If someone tells me I have to do this to be better, I'll do it. I would have much rather have been working the last year without any of these symptoms than been off. And I've been honest mm-hmm. with everybody I've spoken to. Like, I don't. I want to be better. So if you tell me to do this, I'll do it. If you yeah, tell me not, not to do this, I, I, I won't. want to stay on the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not worth it for me, you know. So I went to go see this guy, and I thought it was going to be like a little forty-five minute interview thing. It was about a three-hour test where it was the simplest things, like uh, so you'd have um, words written out. So we'd have colors written out. So you'd have the the word red written out, blue written out, green written out, but they wouldn't be written in black ink. They'd be written in blue ink, red ink, green ink but not the same color as the word. So you'd have R-E-D written in black letters. You'd have G-R-E-E-N written in red letters, right? So it wasn't... The little twisters for for your brain. And then one thing would be just say the color that it's written in. And I, I just couldn't understand what he wanted me to do. Like, really? But, but it's written in black. He was, okay, but just tell me the color. I'm like, yeah, but it says red. That's fine. What color is it in? And it's, oh, okay, I get it. It's black. Okay, I got you. And then the next word, 
blue and yellow. Yeah, but I would have to ask him again, what do you want me to do? Like, I don't understand. I just, I don't get, you know, so that shocked me. Like, and then I'd get mad because my patience is low and I have right. anxiety. So I'd, I'd get frustrated. It's like stuttering, right? Yeah, exactly. When you, when you stutter, you can actually form the words fully in your mind. Yeah, and right. they just... But there's a discordance between your hearing yeah. and your speech centers. Yeah. And you're like, fuck. It just doesn't <laughs> quite go. So after this crazy test of math problems, word problems, I had to put build puzzles and replicate. Oh, here's a picture of a triangle. Can you replicate it with these blocks? Apparently, I was very good at that. So it was, it was quite odd. But I finally got the results back like about a week ago. And it's like, great, they're here. Like, you know, and... I was kind of laughing and at the same time it confirmed that I'm not good because there was stuff like they use, okay, average, above average, superior, below average, and impaired were like the five kind of like in this category, he was average, below average. And I actually like was reading about my brain capacity, impaired, below average, way below average, impaired, impaired, superior below average impaired wow. and you're kind of like wait a second impaired here that starts to it's that's a serious you. word you know like i got a one percent on recall memory and like a zero percent on multitasking memory and that's exactly what you were saying like these little things to try to i, I couldn't multitask them so the colors and the letters it's like doing more than one thing at a time and it, so it confirmed it that a year and a bit later i mean he recommended i do at least six months of uh, cognitive therapy. And he's like, and you shouldn't be working because you're in a job where you have to multitask memory recall. And I think you were saying about your buddy could read something he already read, yeah, but something new. Mm -hmm. In this report, I should have brought it actually, it could have been a cool topic to talk about. But in the report, it's written something exactly like that, where Being able to, like, new memory new isn't there. Right. It takes them too, not too long to figure it out, but it's, you know, those new memories could create the anxieties and then the low patience and then, mm. uh, and then you're training so and then the headaches come and it, it just sort of. Well, cause essentially, and then again, I have no background in this, but I'm just going with my instincts here. It feels like, you know, you got your, you got your database rattled. Yeah. Right? Somebody yeah. took your hard drive for a fucking... <laughs> oh, yeah. Kicked it they down. They short-circuited the hell like out of that Like a staircase, thing. right? Yeah. So Absolutely. it's almost like maybe your brain goes into damage control and salvaging and trying to heal your memory. Yeah. And that's why it may be, to a certain degree, soothing to go back to the what you've seen, what you've read, Already what there. you've done, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But in, and maybe just your brain, out of self-defense and healing, shuts off or some of your you know new sensors like your you know like the new information it yeah. kind of shuts down that department it does. for a while it does it's like okay uh, r&d yeah. and uh, new products uh we're gonna yeah. put you guys on hold a little bit out, yeah yeah our our hair warehouse burned down we need to <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we gotta restock everything and maybe up. what i'm saying is completely from what i heard but that's it what it sounds like, like it was the the challenge was how do you rest your brain Right, so that's what you're supposed to be doing. Yes. Right. Yeah. Because they don't really understand the what yeah. what the concussion is no. really, you know. And when you go to a doctor, they're like, "Okay, well, you know, you're fucked up now, but maybe you'll be okay in two weeks." And you go and see them in two weeks, and they're like, "Okay, well, sometimes it takes a month." They have no. And idea. then you go after a month, and they're like, yeah. "Sometimes it's three months." Yeah. And then they go to three months, and they're like, "Yeah, sometimes it's, it's a year, and sometimes it's forever." Yeah. You know, so during that that time, you're supposed to. Take the time off of work. 
you're supposed to rest your brain, but we don't know how to rest our brains, no. right? Because we're using our brains all the time. Yeah. So how do you how do you spend like three months a year yeah. resting your brain and cognitive so, therapy? I guess. I guess. Well, I mean, you can't read. Yeah. You can't really watch TV. No. That you screens. I mean, our modern our modern day, right? iPads, iPhones, texting, Does computers. That all fuck with you? I couldn't look at any of that for. I still can't do it very long, but I can do it again. Yeah. By yeah, a weird way, that's also saving you from a shitty Facebook. way of life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not a big fan of these things. Yeah, your uh, guitar yeah. is, is definitely uh, uh, winning you well, over again. You know, like yeah. uh, watching shows and like it's all brutal. this stuff. Video like, games, definitely. Like yeah. video games, any, no anything. Yeah. Like we tend to pass the time. With yeah. things that use our brains, yeah. you know, like as an escapism, right? So yeah, well, that you, seems to be one of the things is, yeah. is... You break your arm, you don't use it until it's healed. Right. You, how, can, how can you not use your brain? I mean, I know a lot of people who don't. <laughs> but, you know, like... Little concussion joke there. No, know, that's yeah. a really good point. You can't shut down those systems no. for uh, repair because it's right. your core. And, if, and if, you're, if you're looking to take time off then you tend to go towards entertainment. But entertainment is a form of stimuli for your brain. That's it. Right? That's, so, it. that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. There was this uh, lady. I, I'm, her name isn't coming to me. She's got some TED Talks and stuff. I'll, I'll post in the in the links. But uh, she developed um, a video game. She was a video game kind of developer. She developed a video game oh, yeah. for concussions. Yeah. Because she got a, like a major concussion. She, okay. uh And it was... It was something like so stupid. She had like a really strong leg. She was a runner and all this, and she was squatting down. She left a counter open, uh, sorry, a oh. cupboard open, a cupboard door, and she came up like straight up, like on the crown of her head, on the on the on the door, and she ended up fucking herself up big time. And wow. she ran into a lot of the same issues that yeah. you're that you're dealing with. And it wasn't for a short period of time. It no. was like she was dealing with the long term. So. Yeah. She came up with this with this game. Uh, wow! She kinda, Maybe I should play this game. Look into yeah, that. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll send yeah. you. I'll send you the link. But yeah. it, it all had to do with uh, all these like short term goals, baby oh. steps, yeah. baby steps. Yeah. yeah. So like every day, like the like she kind of gamified her recovery, her recovery right? Wow. To be like, okay, so I'm gonna do. This is my goal. I'm gonna do this many of this. You know, repetition of yeah. of this thing, and you know. Yeah, I don't it's, remember uh, the exact examples of what the yeah. game was, but at the time it, it seemed to make sense. They were like they were very achievable little like uh, cognitive goals to assist in her recovery, and back. and now like you know a couple of years later she's she's a lot better, and yeah. uh, a lot of uh, people have taken up this game in trying to get back to get back to where they were. So yeah. it, it's it's a really a promising method to give you these like little achievable little goals and, so, yeah. it's, so it's like okay well, well you know I, I i did this you know like i yeah. a, a sense of accomplishment and that, that, i think that'd be very good because that's one thing that's frustrating is like you say you see someone they say well maybe next month rest maybe next month rest oh maybe two months rest but my always question for them was what can i do yeah you know like i just need to know and of course they're always telling me yeah but it you know it's getting better you just can't see it yet but we can see it. When you come here, I can see that you're better than you were last time. I'm like, I know, but I'm not doing anything. Yes, you are. <laughs> mm. You're not doing the things that bother you. 
that's yeah. that's the worst thing like strip down everything that you do and then slowly build it up mm-hmm. but to have a little goal like that that would be that would be good because it's proactive I'm a bit of a proactive guy to get healthy right so it's and hard you're kind of taking the power back a little yeah, bit you know that's well, i mean it. i think this also drives you back or brings us back to your band right and your music yeah i feel like that's probably been a blessing in this in this uh, yeah well interesting enough the whole thing with uh uh, the Janko brothers was exactly that. Uh, I couldn't quite play like I wanted to because I got hit in the head. And they said, "Why don't you just come up and play one song, or just come? It might be good for you to get out." Because at the time, I didn't know how severe it was, right? So I said, "Okay," you know. And I went with my guitar, and I ended up playing most of the show with him, his brother, and his father because I knew I had an amazing supporting cast there. And it was probably the first show I ever played sitting down. No drums, no nothing. It was an acoustic show, so it was nice. And was, I'm usually a very uh, active guitar player. I look out in the crowd. I have a good time. You, you know, like, work the crowd, yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. You know, I just I have a good time. And this was the only time I remember just sitting and looking at my guitar neck because I needed to anchor myself. But we were saying, you know, music for me is soul. It's, my, it's what t- makes me tick. And I can't believe with all the modern, you know, cell phones and technology and that that we're always constantly staring at, I had to throw it all away, which was great. Yeah. And all I did was sit and play guitar when I could. And it really, like, helped. And I couldn't do it like I wanted to because I would literally, like, oh, my God, what song was I playing? You know? Okay. Or, or things like you were saying almost if you could read... Uh, something you've already read or watched something you've already watched the brain doesn't have to work because it's already seen it so i was playing these songs that i kind of already knew my buddy john was doing covers so i already knew how to play them hmm. so okay and having the cues from all his you know his brother and his father and john of course like it just made me feel good and of course again during the little hour show i played which i'm not sure how i was able to do it it'd be cool to see some video footage of Is it the honey martin was, show no, no, this was uh, somewhere in the South Shore that he had okay. set up. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Annie Martins. Because uh, <laughs> I, I was at that show and you were killing it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, sitting down. and But it's these weird things that sort of wake you up. And again, during it, all right, I'm good. But after that show, Exhausted. I was done. I think I was out the next day and like I needed a couple days to recoup and not feeling good. I mean, I enjoy my beers. I enjoy staying up late. I'm a night hawk. During this time, no, if I don't, you know, like I need to get out of here now. It's too noisy, hmm. and then the bar noise and the, you know, the I had to go. And usually, I'll play and then hang around with everybody. That's the fun part. You get to hang sure. out after, sure. you know. So yeah. it was like, no, I'm done. I have to go home. And uh, you know, normally I'd have a few pints, and I'd had one on stage, but I'm not really sure how much of it I drank. And, but again, uh, like, like one of those movie scenes where everything goes like kind of blurry, and, you know, <laughs> yeah, too loud, and yeah. Yeah. Well, again, like to bring it back to your analogy with the broken arm, right? Like you broke your brain. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if let's say you had broken your both of your arms or both of your legs or whatever, I couldn't play. Um, you wouldn't. <laughs> you wouldn't even be sort of questioning as to like why you couldn't stand on that stage exactly. for so long. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It makes sense. My knee's broken. I can't stand up. It's just. It's. It's familiar. It's a. Yeah. It's a cliche that, or it's a thing that's known. Mm-hmm. But as you and measured, right? right? You can measure it. Your your legs better. It's going to be the brain. You can't, and everybody's different. Yeah. You I maybe mean, would have gone through the same thing I did. Maybe you would have been okay, or maybe you would still be like not even being able to talk on a podcast right yeah, now. Absolutely. You know, like, and that's what I think is very frustrating. My doctors have been unbelievable, and 
they've really made me feel normal about not feeling normal. Right, you know, and that's that's the thing. I, I started going Shout through some, guys. yeah. That's I mean, great. my neuro doctor Zifkin and uh, Doctor Goldsman, who's my GP, who said, "Listen, I'm not. I know you're concussed, but I'm no expert in finding out how fucked up your head is, basically. So, go see this guy. Good man, good man. Yeah. And then when I saw him, he took care of me and did this. And then when it got to a certain point, he said, "Listen, I'm, I'm a." neuro but i'm not a cognitive guy you should see this guy now and i just play i just ride the e all day <laughs> yeah I just, I'm, you need <laughs> a bass player i'm there buddy <laughs> just uh, nice. i do the uh, neurological equivalent of yeah yeah the e chord <laughs> go, uh, go see the other, other guy so these guys and you question them right like I, I who i don't know these guys do you have the best do you have my best interest and in looking back now they they sure did, they man. And uh, I, I'm very fortunate to have yeah. had these people look after me. And yeah. And uh, in the meantime, while that's happening, you know, I get to hang out with the Janko brothers, mm. who are the reason why we call it that is because these guys, I mean, very cosmically are my brothers. They're not family. Really. We were originally called just Janko, which uh, in Hebrew, I believe, means uh, gifts from God. And it's also our singer's name, John. He's Slovak and in Slovakian, John's Janko. So his, his father's name's John and his name's John. And so his grandmother always called him Janko because that's the, the, J- the John version of Janko in yes. Slovak. Janko. And uh, so he was going to like, he always called his music stuff. He'd always refer to himself as Janko, you know. And that's kind of a cool name for a band. And since sure. I'm coming to play with you, you know. And then he, of course, was like, he checked it out and... You know, it means in Hebrew, you know, gift of gods. Yeah. And he felt music as a gift from gods and getting to play with, you know, his buddies and stuff was like a gift from God for him. And I felt the same way. And then getting (laughs) Jeremy there and he said, you know, I feel really self-conscious about it being called me because it's not about me. You know, it's it's about us brothers playing together, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of. We sort of said, well, what about the Django brothers? So that just changed on the Facebook page. And for me, while I'm off, the, the bright light right now is the music really... You know, when my thumb's down, not feeling good, I can play music and I feel Let's much hear better. hear it for fucking music, man. Yeah, music. I can imagine know. that that's actually probably helping your cognitive stuff quite a bit. Yeah. Perfect, yeah. Because, you know, it, like, it, music really works a lot of the... It helps. It Dude, helps they, they, they play some, some surgeries, take some people, some surgical rooms, ORs, like, play music. Of course. For, you know, like, I mean, it's the well value documented. of playing it, listening to it, yeah. the emotions it evokes, and the memory that it seems to bring back because I've been able to do that from almost day one. I mean, I played mm-hmm. the show about a month or two months after when I was in really bad state and That's great. the memory came. And uh, if anybody does want to check out what the Janko brothers are doing, we do have a little Facebook page. It's, it's brand new. We just started it all up, but we do have some clips there of uh, shows we played at Honey Okay, You can be humble about it. I'm going to tell the listeners to fucking put stop <laughs> stop what they're doing and check, check this it out. out the janko brothers they will they should definitely check it out it'll yeah. take a minute uh you can look at the other posts later yeah check and, it out we'll link to all that stuff too yeah, yeah. okay yeah. yeah cool man so you're excited you guys are are you do you have a material for an album uh, yeah we we're ready to uh do the album we're, we're in an exciting process now now that i can maybe try a drummer we're trying to get some drummers involved and we have some really good guys trying out with us and uh it's a very exciting process and uh so we're hoping once we get the drummer we could then we've got about 16 to 20 originals that we're ready to put out and we want to make an old school recording of maybe just a couple of mics in the room and make it like 
Oh, hey, if nice. there's a little mistake, man, there's a little mistake. That's how it goes when we're playing. We're Absolutely, playing tunes man. here, you know. And nice. if if we if we feel a bit weird that day and it comes across and the sound, no problem. That's, that's what it's all about, man. That's what it's about for us. Listen, so. I mean, uh, just from a filmmaking perspective, you know, a photography perspective, you know, the reason filters exist. Yeah. You know how filters yeah. are cool. Filters were all originally accidents. Oh. They were all originally accidents or tweaks or, or weird chances that uh, photographers and filmmakers took either in the, in the development stage of the okay. photography or they fucked around with the mechanics of the machines while they were taking pictures or okay. they shot it right into this, right? Now yeah. these things are filters are, are and they're looks, yeah. right? That's and it. what you've got now is with the pristine sound, pristine digital recordings and pristine visual digital recordings, are people deliberately going in in the post and trying to fake that accidental <laughs> grungy wow. look, right? Yeah. Trying yeah. to look that shitty 16 millimeter yeah. look, uh, trying to make that guitar sound. Yeah. Like, right? So there's a reason for that is because it I think you awesome. nailed it. <laughs> yeah. um, the, 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 uh, the, the gritty... Authenticity. Sort of, yeah, yeah, the grunginess of it uh, is is totally part of the experience. Yeah. And by eliminating all of these imperfections, we're in fact eliminating a very important the, part of Yeah. And it's funny how for me, a commercial for compact discs, which was pristine, perfect, clear-cut sound, got me involved in the music. And now I prefer to do it the non-compact disc right. way, right? <laughs> to go back. I'm a big record fan and stuff. Yeah. It's like weird how that started it, but... Man, you know, I, I would like to hear that commercial again and probably be like, no, that vinyl record sounds much better than that compact disc, man. That's great. So. Listen, uh, th this has been absolutely fucking fascinating. <laughs> Thanks, man. And thank you for sharing such a personal story, man. I no mean, problem. Uh, um, I'm sure there are other people out there. I feel like more more people need to discuss and talk about this yeah. stuff. If you, if you get a bang on your head, please check it out properly because yeah. it, it really, the next band, they, what I heard was if you... You know, you get your bell rungs, what they say sometimes, your bell rung, your bell rung. There's a difference of getting your bell rung and getting concussed. And after you get concussed, you never get your bell rung again. You always get concussed. So maybe that happened to me. I, I don't know. But it, the bell's still ringing. So it's, you know, like it, it's rough. So just check it out. Make sure you're okay. And don't, don't, feel, don't feel bad about how long it takes because I do feel bad. I feel... I feel really bad about like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? I can't do this. I can't do that. Right. You know, my week or whatever. And you were also fortunate to have a, a loving sort of like Amazing. Uh, I mean, uh, you guys obviously just met, <laughs> well, you already know and you've met them before, but the listeners got to get a small example of my awesome wife and uh, she's amazing. my, my crazy little awesome daughter baby. who has really inspired me big time, yeah. you know, but. She may have some musical aspirations too from what oh. I've heard. <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, well, you know, she can do whatever she wants she's and I'll support pipes. her, you know, that's it, but. Well, you're both some of my uh, favorite human beings on the planet. And, <laughs> Thanks, uh, buddy. <laughs> I'm really happy that you guys came out to, uh, yeah. to talk to us today. Thank you. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Fire in the hole. Holy shit. Cheers, Fire in the hole, man. <laughs> Good on Fire you. Fire in the hole. <laughs> All right. She's a gonna do Come and knockin' on the door For her to say I do Ah 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 
I see you wanna get out and pray. She's my girl and I love her so. She's the one I'll never ever let her go. 